Hey, this is Bill Mosley, Otis Driftwood, and Shop Top Sawyer, and you're listening to Without Your Head. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. Terrible Troy should be here momentarily, but returning here to without your head, one of my favorites, a friend of the show, a friend of mine, friend of all everyone out there. I think Big Bob Elmore. It's very good to have you back, Bob. Hi, Neil. How are you guys? And I hope I hope Troy comes on so I can say hi to him too. Yeah, yeah. He I mean, he'll he'll be here. I'm sure. I'm sure. So I okay. heard that I heard that you're 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 currently eating your way across. Uh, no, I would almost said across the country, but across uh, where? What are you doing? I guess we're we're in Southern California, San Diego, and we were eating our way across the town. And uh, yes, we went to Casa Guadalajara, and we had beautiful Mexican food. The guacamole was unbelievable, and then we went to Big East Burger just a little while ago, and had the the best hamburger I've had in I don't know when, and then onion rings and fries and curly fries and a chocolate shake. Oh, jeez. I have a food baby and I can't walk too well. <laughs> Sounds very good. Is there any? Is there any? Uh, is there any like uh, special uh, reason for this, or just seemed like a good thing to do? Just uh, just to get away, uh, we're, we're celebrating uh, uh, Northern my wife, her birthday, and my birthday, which is today. So we decided oh, to get really? away for a week, you know, just, I think we've done here a couple, three days, and we're celebrating our birthdays, and then we're going to get back home, and then, then we have to not eat for a couple of weeks because we have Thanksgiving coming up, and, mm-hmm. you know, so 
that's it. And yeah. uh, celebrate that. And then, uh, you know, then it's Christmas. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, everything's coming up here. Well, happy birthday. Well, thank you very much. You know, I'm an officially an old man, but that's okay. I'm having fun. Nah, you seem you seem lively. I, I, I am, I'm really lively. You know, unless I have to go do something, and then it's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah, lively when you get yeah. to eat a burger. So funny. Oh, that, it was so good. Oh my gosh, I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. uh, we saw this place and I go, man, that looks good. And uh, yeah, and it certainly was. So every place around here is either a place to eat. Or get a tattoo, or get a haircut, uh, or you know, uh, cannabis oil, or something like you know. So, but it's really cool down here. We're in Pacific uh, Shores, and uh, right on the ocean, and it's just beautiful down there. It's been beautiful. The weather is great. Mm-hmm. Uh, a little cool, but you know, we get up early. And the ocean is nice, and the fog goes back out. It comes back in in the evening, and here we are. So. Yeah, it's freezing here. Oh, I know you guys are like, oh, cool, man. Yeah, that. yeah. The other day it was negative with the wind chill. It was like negative five. Oh, no, that's real fun. Yeah, and now that I've you lost. Don't get out, you don't... No, yeah, I lost a lot of weight. Now I get cold a lot easier. <laughs> you have. You're looking really good nowadays. I'm glad you. You know, I'm not glad all that happened, but I'm glad that it. You know, and you got to lose that weight, and you, you know you do. I know you're feeling better, and you're eating better, yeah, and all that. So that's uh, good for you. I mean, really good for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, uh, besides eating, what's going on in the world of, of Bob Elmore? Well, I'll tell you what. I was in the month of October. I was every every weekend. I was gone. I was uh, I was in Harrisburg, Illinois, Champaign, Illinois, uh, some other place in Illinois. And those were all uh, shows that I did. And then um, there was one in uh, Riverside. And I got invited to that. And that turned out to be a, a nice little old show. And it was great. You know, uh, there were some names in there that came out. and But for me personally, I had a nice, nice time. I got to meet a lot more people. But I was busy. And then we moved all in that time. And, oh, it just, uh, wow, it was busy. So, uh Again, that's another reason why we took a, a couple of days off to get a, just to get away for a minute, you know. Yeah. yeah so, so doing and some then, uh, uh, conventions there in October. Uh, any stories stand out with uh, you know meeting any of the fans just, or interaction with some people? You know, you just a lot of no, a lot of a lot of new ones, a lot of great people. Always, you know, the horror community, and I've said this I don't know how many times is one of the kindest groups of people around. Um, they are uh, very gracious, very kind, and, you know, and they love the, they love the stories. They want to hear about everything. And, uh, you know, so I, I enjoy that very much. And uh, um, coming up next year, I've got four shows already for next year, which is going to be cool. All right. Uh, I'm going to go to Atlantic City again. Um you're going to go to Austin, Texas, Bastrop, where we filmed the, uh, the bridge scene in Texas part two. They have a commission there. And then let's see, what else am I doing? Uh, Gettysburg for, uh, uh, in May. That's my wife. She, she's feeding me all the info. Cause I, I don't remember anything. <laughs> right. 
uh, in San Antonio to a big, this monster con in San Antonio, which is held at a, a, a mall of all places. And it's a free show. And they don't get hundreds of people. They get thousands of people that come in. It's, it's a huge, huge show now. It's getting bigger yeah. and bigger and bigger. That's and pretty wild. That's cool. Yeah, so it's just a lot of, you know, just, uh, what about you? What do you, now, you said something about you in December. Are you coming out here really? Uh, yeah, I'm coming out to L.A. in December. I'm going to, uh, on production of my first uh, feature film, make it with my friend yeah. Michael uh, Epstein and Sophia Cassiola. Uh, we filmed, I filmed a little bit of it um, at Rock and Shock, actually. And uh, I'd love uh-huh. to get a cameo with you in it. If it Absolutely, dude. You, you right. need to give me some times and dates. And uh, uh, me and my wife will do a little, uh, you know, walk past camera and look into it or something or yell at somebody. And, I love you know, it. we'll be just in drag or we can whatever. <laughs> right. Well, that'll just be, you know, <laughs> that'll just be a, for, for our own entertainment after. But. <laughs> yeah, I made a, a oh, short yeah. film with with uh, with both. They, they, they've made a you know a couple independent movies. Uh, I know them from the show, right. and then you know, I met them, and we filmed a a, a short uh, film at uh, Boston Underground Film Festival this year, and oh. uh, so that's been at the festivals, and uh, it's been doing really well. It's only four minutes, but it's right. it's fun, and people are liking you know, it. You, so we're gonna do this. Yeah, more power too. I, I just want to tell you that you know that's it. Go go go, everybody. Do what you know. Deal with your passion if you're if you're in a, a filmmaker, and you know how you do it. You just make films. I don't care what they are. Just do it. Mm-hmm. You know, short, fat, round, tall. Cares what it is, but just do it. And yeah. now you know they're making stuff with phones that are unbelievable. But you know, cameras are good. But, you know, and and that's uh, I talk to people about that all the time. You know, do that. Yeah. I don't do anything anymore because I'm retired, but for you personally, mm-hmm. I would love to do a cameo or something. I mean, sitting in the chair is my favorite thing, so keep that in mind. All right, yeah. I have an idea. I'll tell you off uh, off the show here. I'll, I'll text you after. But Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, yeah. I'll be my pleasure. Mm-hmm. So I have done um, conventions for a little while because I got sick and mm-hmm. everything, but I, I uh, went back to Rocket Shop. It's the first one I did in a couple of years. And uh, it was very yeah. cool. Uh, I uh, it was the uh, first time in a couple of years. I hung out with uh, Annabelle. Who used to be on the show here. Oh, okay, and, yeah. And uh, we hung out with uh, John Dugan, who I hadn't seen in six years. That's crazy. Oh, jeez. Yeah, that was when, uh, what were we, where were we at? Uh, Kalamazoo? No. Yeah. Yeah, Kalamazoo. Kalamazoo, Michigan? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What an epic show that was. <laughs> yeah it was it, yeah. you know at the time it's like oh man this is bad but looking back we did have fun anyway oh yeah that was the only thing we had it was, <laughs> it was fun right, right you know it was funny we did a show it was a big show i mean again huge huge it was a not a uh more media horror but it was uh products and stuff in long beach california mm-hmm. and it was, a, it was so big. It was thousands and thousands. They were talking about fifteen to 20,000 people for a weekend. Oh, wow. So, and, that, and then that's who I saw John. I ran and he was there. He was brought out by a, a bar of all places. Mm-hmm. To, Very fitting. To do a personal appearance. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and they, he, they brought him out and um, uh, it was great to see him again. And uh, uh 
what else? Who else was there? No, that's about it. I didn't see the rest of them in a while, but um, it was great to see John. I like, you know, John's just a character. I like him. So. Yeah, he's a really good guy. He's he's yeah. uh, he's fun to have at conventions. He adds uh, adds something to the atmosphere. He does, and he, you know, I mean, he's an original, so he and he, again, he's another guy who doesn't mind talking about, you know, the stuff uh, over and over and over and over again, which <laughs> right. I, I love doing that, you know, and uh, that's all a big part of the, you know, part of the, get the get the truth out, which I for me, and mm-hmm. I do that and try, and I uh, uh, people appreciate that, but again, like I said, there's been no, it, the, the horror community is just one of the the best ones that I know of. I, yeah. I really appreciate them. Yeah. And, you know, and John, they were doing Texas Chainsaw Massacre like reunions back in the 80s, which I didn't know about too recently. But like uh, you started doing the conventions, you know, a lot later. Uh, when you when oh, you yeah. started uh, when you started them, like uh, how different were they than what you'd expect them to be? Well, you know, I had no I had no idea what this was all about. None. I heard. When I was still working in the industry, there were a couple of guys that were doing these type of things, you know, and just a couple, and uh, but we never heard about, you know, and I never heard about it until uh, maybe you know four or five, six years ago, something like that, where I get a call from a guy, and he, and he goes, "Were you in this movie?" I go, "Yeah, why?" And he goes, "Well, what did you do?" And I said, "Well, I did everything." Why? <laughs> Who are you? What do you want? And he goes, well, you know, uh, I book people in the conventions. I go, convention? what kind of conventions? What are you talking about? And he explained it to me. And I said, well, you know, I mean, good gosh, I don't know. I said, I can't afford it. And he goes, no, 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 they pay for everything. They take care of you. They do everything. I go, well, heck, if that's the case, then yeah, let me, you know. And because the first of all, I wanted to tell him, I said, look, if you don't believe me about this movie, then I don't want to do, I don't want to have anything to do with it because, you know, I don't want anybody to, to think that I'm trying to pull something over anybody's eyes or whatever. And I said, no, I'm not. I go, I'm telling the, I'm telling the truth. And, and, and so I told him, so you go look and see, you tell me, I hear the scenes I'm in, you know, and they hear it. And he goes, Oh yeah, he did. He called me back and he goes, yeah, they want you. And I said, okay, fine. And, I went and I never saw so many people in my life, you know, and I couldn't understand why anybody in the world would want me to autograph a picture for them. And they were just, uh, you know, they were collectors and they were just ordinary people who were just in awe of this. And I, I, I just didn't understand it, you know, mm-hmm. it's a little different now. I kind of get a little bit, I'm still in awe of it, but it's just really cool. And, you know, I listen, like I tell everybody, I go, love going to these shows. I make a little money. I don't. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the enjoyment of it. But yes, there's a little money involved, and that's fine. And uh, I, I love that. And then uh, uh, I try to keep it everything reasonable for people because I know how expensive it is, uh, it is to go to these shows. Mm-hmm. So I try to do that, you know. And I'm a wheeling dealer with stuff, and and people appreciate that. And that's again, it's you know. Making people happy. I have a good time, and that's what it is. Yeah, we have a ter- the terrible one is here, Troy. How we doing? Is he? Troy, what's up, man? How you doing? Bob, how you doing? We missed you so. Oh yeah, you might know. I mean, I hear about you every once in a while, but I, you know, I haven't talked to you in a long time. I know. How are you? 
I'm doing great. All things are good. Pretty good. Pretty good. Are you doing any movies? You making anything? You staying busy? I, I'm always busy. Yeah, not. I'm yeah. just goofy stuff. Yeah, well, he, he is. He is in my short film. I am. That's true. Mm-hmm. I oh, get to okay. cry. I get to cry in Neil's short film. Oh, right. I, I can't do that. <laughs> I think that's all I can so do. Hard. I'm pretty good at that. Oh, oh, that I no. That I can't cry, but I can do dialect. You know, I'm a great Russian. You know? Oh, okay. You know, so and and let me tell you this one. Okay, this is great. I got called in for for an audition for a part in a movie. It was a Russian uh, uh, mob guy or something. So and I had to do it was dialogue. I go, okay, yeah, let me try this. So I go and I do the dialogue and everybody, you know, they're really happy with my size and everything. And he goes, you know what? If we were doing a movie about Dracula, you'd be great. <laughs> you know, I go, oh. So I didn't get the job, but, you know, that's my story. <laughs> <laughs> I think that works out. That works yep. out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> now, uh, earlier this week, I interviewed uh, Robert Nagel, who's a, a stud coordinator on... Um, on uh, Ford versus Ferrari, and and he does like a lot of all the, these different car stunts. Did you ever uh, any? Uh-huh. Did, did you ever do any car stunts? You know, I did some basic stuff, or you know, uh, in my career, uh, a lot of slides. You know, one eighties and stuff like that. I did a couple uh, reverse one eighties, and you know, that was fun. Those were fun to do. I mean, there were specific guys in the business that were really, really good at it. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you needed somebody to throw a car which way or whatever, you would call this these particular people. And you know, because as a stunt coordinator or something, you got to you know you you can't mess around. You got to you have somebody that's going to do it correctly every time for you and make you look good. So there's certain groups of people that do that. I was just fortunate enough that I got to be in a in the right place at the right time and uh, was given the opportunity to, to do uh, some stuff. Yeah, and I. Oh, yeah. I did car hits. You know, those were fun. Uh, almost got killed on one. But, you know, I mean, stuff in fire. I just, you know, all, just a general all-around stunt person. And I was very fortunate to, to do that, yeah. But the car yeah. was always fun. Always. You know, it's adrenaline. It's great. Oh, I bet. Were there any, were any of the particular stunts that you do the like you would dread? Like, was there particular things like, oh, I really don't like to do this? But you, you know, I'm really, really, really afraid of heights. So anything up high, I was just, it would just drive me nuts. But it's again, you know, it's, it's mind over matter. And I would have to talk to myself about, you know, okay, this is a job. It's nothing. Don't worry about it. Everything's prepared, you know, and, and it was. And to get past that point. But uh, no, it was like, holy moly. Uh, what was I doing? Uh, there was something on uh, Who's Harry Crumb when I was doubling John Candy, and I had to do a scene. I was on a window washer's platform on the outside of a building, and it was to start swinging the, the platform back and forth. And we were in Vancouver, and it was a, I don't know, 40, 50 you know, story building and up there. And uh, I told I said, I told him, I said, look, I'm going to go up in this thing and I want to stay up there and film for however long we have to film. I don't, I'm not coming back down because I can't, I can't do it. I'm too afraid to come for the trip up and back. 
And that's what we did. I stayed up there the whole evening until we got it all filmed. You know, but the the noises that were driving me nuts, that the wires were, you know, making weird sounds and I thought the whole thing was gonna fall and I was gonna kill myself. But you know, it worked out it didn't, so but yeah, Heights and myself were not, you know, not not very uh not very friendly with each other. But I've done, you know, I've done a sixty foot high fall, you know, and uh which was not very just big people don't do high falls. They just don't, mm-hmm. you know, things inside of you move around too much. So I've done them. Uh, and yeah, but you know, I, I didn't like it very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, how, how did, how do you prepare for the, for, to take like a car hit? <laughs> well, you know what? Luckily for me in my career that I was pretty quick for being so big, Mm-hmm. And I was always able to, you know, it's, it's, it's mechanics and it's a, it's, you look at it and you go, okay, this is what you have to do. This is a spot you have to be at. You have to get your, your rump up on the uh, hood of the car. You know, and if you get up, you know, you get up that high and that's not that hard to do, but it's getting up there and, and depending on the driver, if he's, how fast he's going. It's going to be how, what momentum it takes you off of the windshield. And, you know, either if he's going to look at his split and it might put you up over the car, you know. Uh, I was just very lucky in a, in a couple situations where, you know, I got up, hit me, broke the windshield, and I've been bouncing off, you know, and bounced off to the side out of the way. You know, those guys have been hurt by hitting it and not going far enough and then getting hit by a tire or something like that, you know. So, yeah, it's just all timing and, and it's practicing how to get your body into a certain position. Uh, and that's how it is in the, in the business. And, you know, doing a fight, a fight is just a dance, you know. Uh, Dennis Hopper was just so hard to work with because he, he couldn't get the dance down right. So we, we were doing chainsaw with him. Yeah, we just over and over and over again, yeah, and and he would get frustrated and get pissed off and walk away and then come back and we do it over and over again, and uh, but that's how it's done, you know. It's again driving a car. It's just the feel, the timing, you know, the no, the knowledge of how what speed you have to go, the tire pressure you have to have. All these little things come into it, you know, and it's very complicated. <clears throat> When you're working with someone like Dennis Hopper, like an actor who's not a trained stuntman, and you have to show them how to do some things, you know, so it works. Uh, what's oh, that yeah. process like? What's you know, is it does it depend on the actor? I guess it depends. You know, and the one that really blew me away was Orlando Bloom, who we were in uh, doing pirates, and he would just come off of the Lord of the Rings doing all that stuff, and they they kept telling me that you know he was just not. Uh, how can I put this athletically inclined? He just, it was so hard for him to do anything that they had to work with him forever and ever and ever. And it took a long time to get him into the, you know, into the groove of stuff. And again, we had that little fight on pirates and, and it had to go over that several times. I mean, just over and over and over again for him to get into the groove of it. So, he was one of the one of the hardest ones. Uh, Patrick Swayze was one of the hardest guys I ever got hit by. 
I mean, he kicked me and he kicked me good. And, uh, you know, he threw me into a cast iron, uh, uh, stove and dented the stove. That's what, you know, he went, he went balls out period. You know, mm-hmm. so some of the guys know, yeah, whatever, then whatever went through the motions and things like that. But for as far as stuff, people are just like, we're concerned. It was, you know, 110%, you know, so much better to dial it down when you're doing something than to try to dial it up, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's all balls out right at the get-go. Yeah. Did you ever have to tell an actor, like, the opposite? You know, hey, you've got to, you know, ramp this up a little bit, make it look more real? Oh, yeah, all the time. Because they, you know, they don't want to hurt anybody. They don't want to do anything. Sure. Yeah, we're going to, you're not going to hurt me, but you're going to hit me hard. Because uh, I don't want to do this all day long. You know, they didn't understand that. A lot of them. Uh, would like that. So yeah, it was, you know, yeah, let's go. We're going to, you know, and it is mm-hmm. put it in gear and we're going to do this. And it's going to make you feel, make you look good. That's all that, you know, that was a big thing. Mm-hmm. As long as the actor look good and you're okay. When you're filming Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, like, did you know it was going to be such a comedy? I had no, I had no clue what it was going to be. None. You yeah. know, we came in there blind and, because uh, I didn't even know what Texas Chainsaw was about until I I, I had to rent the movie mm. and uh, to watch it. I go, oh man! And the original was so completely different. Yeah. And uh, you know, and we get there, and, and it's all this craziness. And uh, to me, I go, this is so stupid. It, you know, <laughs> how is this going to work? And that's you know, Bill Mosley came into the sack, and he's pulling, he's doing that crazy character, uh-huh. and. Uh, I'm just going, oh, my God, you know, it's so stupid. <laughs> you know, and then reading the script, I go, oh, okay, whatever you want to do. You know. <laughs> what was Bill Mosey like oh, at the time and now? Nuts. Yeah. He, oh, he, Bill Mosley was the same as he, you know, 30 years ago as he was today. I mean, I was just, he's such a, he's so smart, he's, but he's so funny. And he is a great little actor, I think. And uh, so he, yeah, Bill, I love Bill. Bill is just, you know, Bill's a unique, uh, unique actor, and uh, he does his job very, very well. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I always, you know, uh, I always uh, like Bill. Bill. I like him in stuff. Caroline Williams was always, you know, she was the same. <clears throat> excuse me, as she was, you know, thirty years ago, and. Uh, uh, and all the rest of them. So it was just, uh, like I said, just a, a, that was a unique experience. And I never was put in that position until I had to do it then. And, uh, and then it all worked out. Yeah. Were you around Jim Seedow very much? Oh yeah. Nicest, nicest gentleman, nicest gentleman, you know, and they screwed him so bad all the time. They were rewriting the script you know, every afternoon and then throwing, uh, uh, changes at him. And he had to go and memorize all this stuff all over again. And that's all he did all day long was, you know, re- doing revised, uh, script stuff and, uh, uh, trying to get it memorized, you know, and then, hang on one second. <coughs> Excuse me. And, you know, and I could, I had a, a room next to him on the hunting wagon. <coughs> I'm sorry. Um, and that's what he was doing. He'd go in there 
and rehearse all day long by himself getting the script done, you know, and then they would rewrite everything. They were writing on the fly. But since he was in the first movie, like, uh, do you know what he thought of the second movie? Because, you know, he's in the, the original movie, which is really, oh, yeah, really he's original, gritty yeah, horror no, <laughs> He, um, from what, you know, uh, he was there to do a job, and that's what he wanted to do. <laughs> Yeah. Me. And, uh, but he, uh, you know, like I said, they screwed him around so much that it was just like crazy. And what what about so, the the director Toby Hooper? Oh, good God! <laughs> <laughs> every afternoon, every lunch break, him and Dennis Hopper go in the their uh, trailer and smoke whatever they smoke. <laughs> every lunch come out uh-huh. higher than kites and that's how it worked every day you know uh-huh. and I said you know Dennis would go off go play golf with Willie Nelson and they'd be higher and uh, they'd have to go find him they'd go pick him off the, ga- uh, the <laughs> golf course and bring him back to the set you know so it, it was just Okay, you know, I never experienced anything like that before, but, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah. Did it affect, like, oh. the, did it affect his work on, on the set? Oh, heck no. Yeah. No, Dennis Hopper was just the, the truest professional, mm-hmm. you know, and, and he was a guy, he was an actor that, what do they call those people that, uh, you know, that they bring it from, the depths and bring it up and they stay in that, in that thing. And they, you know, they just, they become that person and stay that way. Like a method actor. And that's what he did. You know, he was lefty and, you know, didn't matter if he was high or not. He, he really, really, really did. You know, he was into it and he, like I said, he was a professional who had a job to do. He did the job. He was not happy about it, but he did it. And, you know, he was part of a, I think it was a true picture deal or something that he, uh, you know, signed up to do because, you know, he had to make a living. And when he did, you know, wow, you know, that was part of it. That was one of the deals. And, uh, so he, you know, he stuck in there and, and then he got clean after that though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And not too long after that, he really made like a real big comeback, you know, like with oh um, yeah right oh blue velvet I think was after yeah. that or something and he you know he came back but I I got to run into him he was in Venice California uh, directing uh, colors and uh, so and I went down there and I ran into him and I got to talk to him for a little bit and he was you know we were talking about the this whole Texas thing and he oh he shook his head a lot on that one <laughs> <laughs> so. It was great to see him in action, and again, he was a great director, you know. And uh, so that was very, you know, another. It's just a unique experience that I can, you know, I can talk about, and I'll never forget it. And then, who could say that? Not too many people that are alive yes. right now. They got to work with Dennis Hopper, and you know, not too many got to work with Maureen O'Hara, who I loved. I fell in love with her working, you know, doubling John Candy and, and doing his films and just put me in the position of uh, making a nice living and then but meeting some great people. So that was really neat. Mm-hmm. 
So uh, we brought up the bridge scene in uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. What, what was a how long of a shoot was that to do the the, the bridge scene? Well, we did it once, okay, and then, and I don't know if you can see it or not, but you know they keep putting this clip together, and it's all these cuts because the bridge was so short. And it's not a long bridge at all, and yeah. uh, we filmed it. We went out there and filmed it once, and then uh, we come back to dailies, and they go, well, they can't see anything, so the lighting was terrible. And, you know, they lit it completely wrong. So we had to go back out and do it again. So it was like two or three days the second time because we got rained out one day. And then uh, uh, the second day was, you know, at the end of the very last, I broke my wrist on the cutting the Mercedes. And then um, Tom Morgan jumped in and put the stuff on. And he did the very last scene on the bridge where the truck drives away. That's Tom on that, on, on the very end of it. You know, I did it, but I did everything else on it. You know, so Tom would got to be, you know, a leather face for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. But I worked the rest of the film with a broken wrist. So. Yeah. Well, someone had asked, let me, let me get their name here, uh, Edward Delgado about, uh, about injuries or accidents on Chainsaw. Yeah. So I guess oh, that, well, that, that was, was one of them. That was the worst of it, but I mean, we got beat. You have to just, you have to imagine, okay, 110 degrees, 100% humidity. So now you walk out of your hotel and you sweat and you don't stop until you go back to, go back to the hotel. And then, but on set, 150 degrees, you know, and there was no way to make it cooler because of uh, uh, the noise the air conditioner were making. And, and, you know, it just doesn't work like that. So, it was just the most miserable time, you know, even I know it was a job and we did that and we worked and we, we worked our asses off, but, uh, uh, the conditions were just extremely miserable and it made it that much harder, you know, and then the place smelled like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was all dead, you know, cow guts everywhere. And then, uh, they just started, you know, that half a day and they were stinking to high heaven and, uh, you know, like working in a slaughterhouse that was all rotten. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a, a very unique experience. You know. mm-hmm. Um, how about, uh, Dr. How about working on Dr. Giggles? Then, uh, did you well, do Dr. stunts Giggles was cool. for Larry Drake? Yeah. Yeah. I doubled him. We got to do a big fight in an operating room and it was on fire. So we were, oh, that was kind of cool. Except for, uh, you know, working with fire, if you go through fire, as long as you move, it doesn't burn too much. It doesn't burn you because you're, you're moving. Okay, as soon as you slow down or stop, that's when it gets you. So we were hot and heavy in there, and we burned up all of our clothes. We would turn them inside out and do film more, and it was on and on and on and on. And that was just that was fun. Uh, it was hard. Again, another hard deal. Um, I got to be chased by an explosion down a hallway on that one. And that was, yeah, that was fun too. Mm-hmm. Now, are you again, all these? Go on. Sorry. Go on. No, go ahead. I was just, saying, are you, do you like, uh, do you like horror movies? Do you watch horror movies? You know, that you're not in, you know, I, I do now. I, I, you know, I, I grew up on Frankenstein, Dracula, Wolfman, mummy, all the old universal stuff. That's what I grew up on, you know, mm-hmm. back in the day. 
And I didn't get into horror until much later. And then I think uh, the first thing, uh, it wasn't even a horror movie, but it was, uh, well, it was Exorcist. And that just scared the bejesus out of me. You know, and more psychological and all that stuff like that. The blood and guts didn't come until much later when, uh, you know, then it was, then it was funny to me, but you know, all the, uh, Freddie movies and, uh, Jason's and the Michael Myers, all that stuff. I mean, I watched them, but they got to be so competitive, you know, repetitive in, in what they were doing that, uh, and I love Kane Hart, you know, but he, I don't know. It just was not no big deal for me to watch those. And, uh, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Did you keep up with the other? Go on, sorry. No, I was going to say, you know, Kane, I worked with Kane years before as, you know, we were stuntmen out hustling work. You know, this is before he even got, when he got hurt, we were hustling together. And then years after that, we we ended up working uh, a lot. And every once in a while, we worked together. We did a movie. He doubled Dan Aykroyd and I doubled John Candy in a movie, Nothing But Trouble, and uh, we worked on that. So there's, for me and him, there's a lot of little bits and pieces throughout the years, you know. Was there any competition so, uh, with, with, was there competition with, uh, with other stuntmen, or did you guys get along? Well, you know, here's a, you know, the thing being big, a big guy, you have so many different sizes of big. You know, you have short and fat, tall and fat, tall and, and muscular, medium sized. I mean, it's the whole gamut of people, you know. The competition was for somebody who was just an average sized guy. I mean, he worked a lot because he could, you know, he could double so many other people yeah. uh, in the business. So, but that was very competitive for those guys. For me, it was, uh, you know, I either I played myself a lot, being big, you know, and always got killed and beat up and all that. But then I, uh, you know, I got to get in, I got into doubling some people, which was great. And I said, John was one of them, John Goodman, Mike Starr, and Paul Servino. I did a bunch of stuff for it. So it was through the years I did do, you know, quite a bit of it. But I, I played myself so many more times, you know. Mm-hmm. What did you do on the Monster Squad? Oh, I got killed. I got killed by the <laughs> fish guy. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and then I got killed by uh, Dracula in the, the town square mm. and I get killed by somebody else, but I don't remember which one that was. Yeah. yeah. Do, 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 you, <laughs> do you, do you keep track of all the times you've been killed or did you just lose track? Of oh, you know, I, I never did. Uh, uh-huh. um, you know, until recently where, you know, I mean, I had to, I look back and say, well, what happened on this thing? Well, you know, okay, I've got killed here and I got killed there. <laughs> I did, uh, I didn't get killed in the casino. I got to play a little part in that. I didn't get too, uh, hang on just a second. Mm-hmm. Are you right? Are you sure? And, uh, what did we do? What is that movie? Uh, uh, usual suspects. Mm. And I had no clue about that one, but I got, you know, I was a guard that got killed in underground parking on that one. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, that's usually what I did. Yeah, we need a guy killed. Let's bring in uh, Bob Elmore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, it, it, it's so much. It's so much. People enjoy seeing a big guy get killed. <laughs> they enjoy that. That's how warped everybody is. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just much nicer to kill a big guy than a little guy. Right. Yeah. There's less sympathy, you know? I guess. Yeah. That's Which a, sounds absolutely. Bad. So. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, that guy's big. <laughs> 
he could have fended <laughs> yeah. himself. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Let's see. So, was, uh, you know, that was you know, and I my first my very first job I got killed on, but I had a it was a I played somebody's boyfriend. It was a two day job, which was so unusual way back then. You know, usually a day here, a day there. But this one turned out to be two days in a row. Man, it was big money. Oh yeah, hog heaven. Mm-hmm. Did you did you keep uh, like in not in contact? But did you keep? Uh, did you watch like the other Friday? Th- uh, not Friday Thirteenth. Um, Jesus, Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies after the one you did, just to, to see you know. Oh, what, I, what I did. You know, for yeah, for a minute, I didn't really care for them. Uh-huh. I didn't. You know, they were nothing like the original. The original and the second one. Okay, those are the two that. Yeah so completely different then they went back and then three and four were back into like where we're going to kill everybody and do this blood Mm -hmm. it was more you know blood and guts than anything else well you know and i didn't didn't do anything for me yeah but ra is just a great guy he is Uh, andrew is just a piece of doo-doo but you know everybody knows that Mm -hmm. i mean he's crazier than whatever now so yeah, yeah, it's unfortunate, but uh, but yeah, Ra, yeah, he's actually, yeah. Ra's actually the guy who named me Nasty Neil. Did he really? Yeah, I like Ra. Ra has always been just a gentleman to me, just a great, you know, great guy, and so I've, you know, I've enjoyed being with him many times, and um, and so on. But yeah, I didn't know, I didn't know he did Nasty Neil though. Yeah, yeah, it's very cool of him, and uh. <laughs> Some people now they they're like, "Why are you nasty?" And I was like, "I I, I don't really know, but it just sounds." <laughs> it's a long uh, story. Nasty, right? yeah, don't worry about it. I'm nasty, Neil, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I should. That's what I should say. Yeah, because there have been people yeah. want me to change it to different things like sweet Neil, but I was like, that does not oh, work. No. Like, it can't be. No, like, no, 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 no. No, that's oh, it. Don't do it. Yeah, I mean, welcome <laughs> without your head. This is sweet Neil. I mean, it's, <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, it's uh, nice of them to think that, I guess, but it doesn't roll off the oh table. Yeah. Well. I like that handle. You, you keep it. You know, it's great. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's weird. Almost everyone, except for someone you named there, uh, fr- from all the Texas Chainsaw Massacres, are very good people. The, well, the, really, at all the conventions, there's not too many uh, people I do. I dislike. No, there's not. I mean, you know, I can tell you I ran into one person who... Uh, didn't like, you know, I didn't like the fact that I was, you know, uh, telling everybody what I did. And I tried to explain to him, I go, well, this is exactly what happened and, mm-hmm. and why. And he was a friend of Bill Johnson and Bill, you know, Bill did this. And I go, well, no, Bill did not do that. And so on and forth. And he got really upset about it. And I said, you know what? Well, either walk on down the road here or I'm going to mean you were going to go outside. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what it came down. And he finally left. But that was the only one, one time out of all the people I've met, you know. And, yeah. you know, I tell the story and I go, this is the truth. And if you don't believe me, I go, go look in the movie. The movie will tell you. So. Mm-hmm. Did, how was your relationship that, with that Bill Johnson? Did you, do you get along with him now? Oh, I, I, I don't talk to Bill. I haven't seen Bill in years and years and years. Uh, uh, we did a convention that, uh, together one time and I think it was in Louisville. And, uh, you know, uh, my story about Bill is that I don't know how many years ago I came across, he had a website and I found, I said, Oh, Bill Johnson. Okay. So, you know, I was kind of, you know, okay. I hadn't seen Bill in 25 years then or anything. I, uh, I looked at it and, and said photos for sales. So I went 
clicked on the photos and there were 10, eight by 10 pictures there, 10 of them. But I'm looking at them. I go, wait a minute. Eight of the 10 were of me. Mm. You know? Oh no. So I went back to him and said, look, you know, these are not you. I don't know why you're, why you're selling them or trying to sell them and, and all that. I said, uh, if I were you, I'd take them down. Otherwise I'm going to, I'm going to look into some legal action against that because that's baloney and you're lying. You're lying to the people too. So he did take them down and, you know, and uh, let me tell you another little one that got me really good was, uh, what was I doing? I was watching something on TV and there was a movie called, uh, what was it? Na- the neighbors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. With, uh, Tom Hanks and, uh, who else was in there? I don't know. Neighbors. It is a, there was a, a sequence of, Because oh, I was Something thinking of the neighbors. Aykroyd Neighbors with Aykroyd oh, yeah. and Belushi. Yes. Oh, okay. Yes. That one. And, and that one. And so uh, there's a sequence in there, and it was uh, a dream sequence of, uh, uh, I think Tom Hanks had it. He's in it, right? Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't think so. There was maybe a, is. No? I don't know. I thought it was Aykroyd and what Belushi. No, 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 not that one. It was a different one. It was like uh, there was a family of, uh, they thought they were killing people and eating them. Oh, the birds. Their own. The birds. There, I'm so sorry. Yeah. No, he, That's right. Oh, Hank okay. was in that, right? Yep, yep. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The birds. Okay. So, watching this movie, and, I, and there was a sequence of somebody was dreaming, and then all of a sudden, here comes this, this chainsaw sequence. And it's me from the movie. I went, holy crap. I go, I never received any residuals from that. What's up with that? So I get on the, I get on the line with the union and in the guild. And I said, Hey, uh, what's going on with the sequence? I go, that's me. And he goes, well, are you Bill Johnson? I go, what do you mean Bill Johnson? He goes, I go, no. He goes, well, we've been sending him to him. I go, no, 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 no. So I had to get the, the guy that hired me. We went down and, uh, had paperwork on it, so they, you know, they saw the mistake, and finally, I, I still get them today. I get residuals from the burbs for that little piece. Oh, good. But uh, yeah, he didn't deny that. You know, he didn't deny it. He just kept getting the money. You know, so uh, whatever, Bill. I don't deal with Bill anymore. Yeah, yeah, that's too bad. Because yeah. you know, I've met him. He's uh, he's always good to me. But uh, you know, oh yeah, yeah. He said something to me about, well, you know, stuntmen don't do that to their actors. I go, well, you know what? You didn't act, so I do whatever I do. You know, I mean, you got that thing completely all wrong and, and backwards. And, you know, people don't know that he, he, you know, didn't want to do it. He was a pacifist, didn't like the violence, couldn't lift the chainsaw, couldn't run with it, got sick, supposedly, and, and you know, and the whole, everything else. So, that's all part of the deal. And if people want to hear about it, I tell them if they don't, that's fine too. Mm-hmm. So, so. Yeah. Let uh, everyone know. Go on. Sorry. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? It, it's, yeah, it's the greatest getting the word is getting out now. So it's even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your name's really, I remember when we first had you on, like, I don't think, um, everyone knew, you know, you were in Texas Chainsaw Massacre too, but I think it's pretty uh, well known now. Yeah, and that, you know, that's, uh, 
that's the great part. That is, you know, and it's fun talking about it with people because they want to know all the, you know, the ins and outs of it, exactly how that happened, why this happened, blah, 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 you know, and they and they, they enjoy hearing about it. And I love talking about it. So, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, that's a good thing about the internet in general is a lot of um, a lot of like masked guys that people might not have known, you know, who played them unless you like really right, you know, right. like, tried to find right. out somehow in a magazine or something like, you know, yeah. the, the information's out there and, and, you know, a lot of people get credit now. Yeah, no, it, it's, it's, it's a whole different world I and mean, it's a different world. You can't say anything. Uh, I'm very careful about what I put out there because, it, you know, uh, I've had it come back and bite me a couple of times. So I, you know, I'm very careful about it. And, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in the Saw's family. I'll, I'll throw that out there and I get a lot of good response from it. You know, it doesn't, I love some of the guys that, you know, that do the costumes because some of them are just right on fantastic. Yeah. And then, uh, uh, um, and I know them and I, you know, I have met them. And some are just really, 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 you know, just right on. Some are a little less. <laughs> <laughs> sure. As long as you're having you know, fun. So, yeah. As long as you're having fun. I don't know. Who, who cares? There's a, there's a couple in flipping uh, uh, Canada who who dress up like uh, Leatherface and uh, uh, Chop Top. And the Chop Top character is, is a young lady. And she does mm-hmm. such a great job. She looks just like Bill or Bill Mosley. You know, yeah. oh, it's hilarious. So, yeah. And now I'm doing I never, a costume. I've never, oh, really? I've never done it before, but I have a costume. I put it together. What is it? Is it a chainsaw or is it something different? Yeah, you know, the mask and the suit and the boots. and, and the tie. Uh-huh. I found a company in, in Australia that they sell the Leatherface tie, part the part two tie. It's exactly mm-hmm. like the original, exactly oh, like it. Oh. So I found that, and you know, and so I put it together, and now I, I I'm starting to do that in costume. So. Oh, that's very cool because that's something that's uh, happened. You know, uh, I remember the first time I forget who it was someone did you know in costume photo op, and I did see some yeah. conventions were, were like against it for some reason, but then like all of them started doing it. Oh, it's it's the only way to go now. Oh, yeah. You know, look at you know it was uh, Sid Haig and and uh, Kane Otter. That came mm-hmm. with Bill. Bill uh, Mosley started doing that. And I think, you know, and then now everybody that can, you know, that has done that character, they do it now in costume. So that's when I yeah. decided to do the same thing. So now I have, uh, it just gives people, a, you know, a, a, a different opportunity to have a picture taken with the guy in the costume. You know who it is, and it's and it's kind of cool. So Yeah. Yeah, I think that's very cool. That's all it's yeah, about. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you have a lot of interaction with Sid? Did you know him very well, Sid Haig? Yeah, you know what? I, I met Sid, and I and I got to sit down with him several times. And what a, he was a great guy. Mm-hmm. So many stories. You know, he had a just a huge, long uh, Hollywood career, and done so many things and worked with so many people. And that was just really, really neat to sit there and listen to him talk about. You know. Uh, him and Joe Namath and uh, and doing a movie and you know and, oh just stuff like that it was just great you know yeah just unfortunate you know but yeah I did get to meet him and I thought he was great great person so um, yeah he know. was uh, he was the first ever guest on the show on our first show in two thousand six 
That's right. And uh, just, yeah, you know, good... nonstop stories. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, and he was a good guy about stuff like that. He'd talk to anybody and, and tell them whatever. Just, mm-hmm. just, and that's how he was with people. That I Which was see, great because you know, I, was, I was real nervous that first show with him because I didn't know what to expect. Like, oh, wow, yeah. it's a scary oh. dude. I don't know, man. <laughs> Very, <you laughs> but he could have yeah. been a nicer guy. No, yeah. he's the nicest guy in the world. You know, And he was a chef. You know, it was so funny to go downstairs at a hotel and he's there and have breakfast and, and the, the chef didn't make something right. He was going to go back there and show him how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I can so that. see that. That's, yeah. That's awesome. I love it. <laughs> you know what I'm going? Oh, this is great. It's just inter- entertainment. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, yeah. I did have. I got to have uh, dinner with him once in Texas. Him and Ed Neal, yeah. and uh, and he just and he's telling stories. And, uh, some of them were like back in like the cowboy TV days, like you know, r- r- riding a oh. horse. I'm like, and I was like, wow, no, he's, wait, you no. know, he's been in everything, you know. He's he's not so much. I mean, he was like a you know way back in the old black and white TV stuff. You know, that's what he did. I mean, yeah. you know, he made a living at it. He was one of those working guys who was this ugly and sin, but you know, he was a pretty good <laughs> actor. And you know, mm-hmm. so he could he could get away with all that stuff. And then to come on and become this you know famous or you know personality and and, and character. Oh, jeez, mm-hmm. royalty. Yeah. Yeah, it was really uh, as royal as you know to get that right, ca- the captain Sp- sorry just to get that captain Spaulding role like you know a lot later in his career. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, it's, it's pretty wild, you know. Uh, absolutely, you know, and and it was all him, and you know, it's the same thing with Bill Mosley. You know, I mean, they all you have to be an actor of somewhat ability in order, you know, to create this stuff and then to deal with it, you know, and reproduce it and so on and so forth. And then you see everybody imitate them, all of them, all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the, I know, I know, when Sid passed away, the, there was a picture that somebody had of him walking out of a hotel carrying the uh, Captain Spaulding, uh, you know, clothes, mm-hmm. him carrying a suitcase and then the, the uh, wardrobe in his other hand walking out. That, that was, that was so appropriate, you know. Yeah. Really yeah. Well. It's, it's, yeah. And that's such a big uh, loss to the to the convention scene. I can't, I mean, oh, he's like the the oh, man really. of the conventions, you know. Yeah, it was you know Gunnar Hansen when he passed away. That was Leatherface. I mean, the Leatherface number one, blah blah blah. Yeah, you know. So when he passed away, you know, and Leatherface is an iconic character, and I love to be associated with it. You know, so it's. Uh, uh, it's kind of cool in that aspect. Mm-hmm. Did you know Gunner very well? You know what? I never got to meet Gunner, which was, oh, you know, unfortunate on my part. I really, you know, I tried. We never crossed paths, but, you know, uh, he, he, from what everybody said, he was a nice guy and just a gentleman. So I, that was cool. Yeah, yeah, met him, you know, um, and, and did a uh, a panel with him, which was very cool. Him and uh, Marilyn Burns and John Dugan. From what I understand, it was the last time they were all three together, so it was like bittersweet, but uh, just a really good guy. Yeah, Marilyn was just a sweetheart, you know. She Definitely. was a very crazy lady, and the rest <laughs> of them were, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Ed Neal. Ed Neal or Ed O'Neal or whatever the flip he is. He's a nut, too. 
But, yes, he is. You know. Yeah, I spent a little time with him in Worcester uh, for with Rocket Sox. He's, <laughs> he's a very eccentric man, I will say. Yeah, so it's like you know, okay, you're you know, he's okay for about two seconds, and I'm walking away. So whatever, bye. <laughs> I I can understand that. I could I could understand. Oh uh, yeah. I could, I could tell. It was a, oh, it, a very does nice. Does he have a little bit of that hitchhiker in him, like real life, or? Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah for real. Because oh. yeah. I, I never got a chance to beat him. Yeah, very unusual man. But uh, uh, yeah, I was talking <laughs> to him, and he's like, "Oh, well, because he has his dog with him now," and he's like, "My dog has to go. T- he wants to take a or she I don't know, wants to take a picture with these clowns," and I was like, "Oh, okay." And so he and he went over and he. T- Took a picture with of his dog with these guys dressed as, as clowns, and I was just like, uh-huh. "Okay, I guess that makes sense." I don't know. All right, whatever. Whatever. All right, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good yeah. night. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, yeah, whatever. It's like okay, you know. Yeah. So. But uh, and yeah, uh, Ed, like, Ed, it's a small busy. part of Texas Chainsaw thing. Real quick, I'm sorry. Is Ed Gwynn, who's the the truck driver in the in the first movie? Yeah. And really cool guy. I had him on the show. Then I went to a convention where he was at Texas, and he actually brought me barbecued meat from Austin because he told me that was I shouldn't get oh. the barbecue in in, in Dallas. Wow. And I was like, this is pretty awesome to get meat well, brought to I me saw, from someone from yeah, Texas. Pizza. I saw that you were you're going to interview Sal Hernandez, and uh, yeah, yeah, they're going to be on and his for, and his partner. You know, and those guys they they handle uh, him all the time. You know, mm-hmm. and uh, those two couple of uh, crazy little filmmakers, they've got all kinds of stuff going on all the time, and they're pretty good about it. So, you know, yeah. uh, Sal's just, I like Sal. Sal's been a really good, really good guy to me personally. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I met him in, at Texas a few years ago, Texas uh, Freight Mayor. Yeah. He's a very nice guy. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that, um, they're good. You know, I get another, they're part of that independent. Uh, group of horror horror guys that you know are making movies with you know out of nothing with nothing and they're turning out pretty you know pretty good so mm-hmm. good luck to all of them that's all I I, I encourage everybody I don't care yeah that's yeah, fine it, yeah so. it's good to see people doing well heck yeah so you're a busy and man Bob well thank you I appreciate I, you know what I just you know it, it, it it, it's been uh, it's been great and it's been really nice. I mean, when I retired, I've been doing this stuff what four years, five years, something like that, you know. And I would do stuff here and there. In the last couple of years, I've been pretty busy with it, and that's you know, now I don't I'm retired, so this turns out great. And then I've never had a, like I said, I, the whole month of October I was gone every weekend doing something, so that was unusual for me. Mm-hmm. And then, um, st- you know, things are popping. Like uh, already, people are calling about next year. I got booked. Like I said, I'm, I got four shows booked for sure. And uh, so that's great. Like I said, it's good. You know, get out of town for a couple of days. You know, meet a bunch of people, make a couple of dollars, and then uh, get back home and do my thing. Very good. And you have a website now, Big Bob Elmore, so people can go over there if they're not on social media. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can you can see all kinds of stuff on there, and then uh, uh, hook me up or hit me up on Facebook. You can't you can't miss me on that. Um, talking to everybody, you see some of the crazy people on there. And, uh, <laughs> right, that's how we met. So 
<laughs> and uh, do that. And then uh, what else do I have? I'm on Twitter, but I don't, you know, I don't know how to Twitter. I don't, you know, I don't know anything about all this stuff. Yeah, I'm not a big but fan I, of know, Twitter I, either. You know, I, I just don't. I, you know, Facebook for me because I, I do a lot of business on Facebook, believe it or not, and uh, and I reach out to people, make sure everybody's still cool. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a bunch of fans in Germany, so I'm always. Uh, talking to them and then uh, all over the place. Uh, and then I get, the, you know, there's some groups in there and that's where there's a group from flipping Argentina, the chainsaw. And these are like actual chainsaw guys that work with chainsaws. And uh, so I go on there every once in a while and see, you know, the sauce family and they go ape crap over that. You know, they love that. So then, hey, that's, that's all I need cool. to do. Fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so cool. And like there's a bunch of guys that are portrayals of, you know, the, the Leatherface guys and, you know, and, and they'll put stuff out. And then, uh, again, it's just a, a little word of encouragement. And these guys are just, you know, happy as, as ducks. And uh, and that's that, and that's cool, too. So if I, I can do that for somebody, I'm, very, I'm happy to do yeah. that. Yeah. All right. Well, very good. So I think we're going to get back to having you on here once in a while, even if it's just for a quick update. Hey, you know what? From you. Any, yeah, anytime. You know, you know, anytime. Just you know, give me a buzz. I'll let you know what's happening with me personally, and you know, real quick. We don't have to go into all this craziness unless you want to. It's just fine by me. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to, you know, do a shout out to everybody, and uh, you know, and you can tell everybody that I said I. You know, uh, Leatherface is oh, here. Yeah. Uh, the Sauce family, buddy. Nice. Very good. Well, we'll talk to you, Bob, uh, soon, Bob. Okay. We're going to get Sal and Jake Troy, on. Let me yell at Troy. Yeah, tell Sal I said hi, Troy. <laughs> nice talking Bob, to you, buddy. Always, yeah, always a pleasure, my friend. Always, you know, absolutely. And then, uh, Neil, you know, tell Sal I said hi. Uh, tell everybody else, you know, that gives a crap, you know, the sauce family. <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and if they don't like it, tell them lump it. Okay. Or, I'll you, tell everyone. You're going to tell them they can see me personally. I don't care. <laughs> hey, I cheat. I cheat now. I'm so old now. I have to cheat at everything. So you know, be prepared. All right. I like that. That's a good attitude. <laughs> All right, you guys. I'll talk to you later. Take yep, care, Bob. Bob. Thank you much. Bye-bye. And hello to right, uh, Mrs. Leatherface in the background. There. Yeah, she's, she passed out. So she's, All okay. right. she's not oh, doing yeah. well. Uh, All right. So she's, uh, but she's right there. Right in the bed next to I'm not in bed, but I'm close to it. All right. <laughs> I said we're on vacation. We're in a we're in a nice little place by the ocean, so Oh nice. Well enjoy oh, the rest I'm, of the vacation. Right. Okay. <laughs> we'll talk to you later. Talk right. to you soon. Bye bye. And happy All birthday. Right. Bye bye. Right. Thank you. Bye bye.
This is Ed Gwynn from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the guy behind the Peterbilt wheel. And you're listening to Without Your Head. All right, and welcome back here to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm still Nasty Neil. And I remain terrible, Troy. Mm-hmm. And joining us now, Sal Hernandez and Jacob Grimm, the creators of Deviant Behavior. A couple of deviants here on the line with us. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having us, Neil. Great to be here. Yeah. Excellent. It's good to have you guys back. It seemed like... Uh, how long ago was it when we were talking about you guys making Deviant Behavior? Uh, it was probably last year. It was, um, it was no, actually, no, it was a little longer than that. Uh, when we had talked last, it was a little before Texas Frightmare. And uh, I think that was when uh, we were going to premiere it there. And then uh, shortly after that, we actually got uh, our release date pushed about a year. <laughs> there was some uh, there was some prospects of getting it on Netflix um, uh, through our distributor, so we got yanked from the schedule. So it, that of course didn't didn't pan out. So uh, it, we eventually just had to get a you know, uh, but it worked out in our favor because we got an October release date. So it was, that was pretty cool. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah, October is perfect, obviously yeah. for us. So it came out uh, last month. Then, uh, what's been um, what's been the reaction to Deviant Behavior? Uh, it's been really good. It's, it seems like uh, we're, we're actually just we're actually just kind of talking about it. it's really kind of like it's like it's gotten a lot more of like like a momentum online, especially compared to our to, to our first feature. So we we've had a lot of uh, pretty good reactions from it so far. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And with any horror movie, um, you know, like you said, it, it, you know, people talk about so it's word of mouth. So even though it came out in October, you know, people, more people see it and get to talk about it as time goes on. Yeah, and I think we, we've got a, you know, our, our marketing campaign, you know, uh, I think we've got a pretty cool setup, uh, if I may say so, <laughs> uh, you know, with our music videos coming out, promoting the film and the music and the soundtrack, so yeah, uh, I, I think that also helps with momentum as well, you know, but yeah, yeah October we came out, we came out really strong, and we're getting a lot of, a uh, lot of positive feedback, you know. That's one of the first things I wrote down, actually, when I was watching DV Behavior, is the uh, music. Because there's a great track. It's right at the beginning, and then you use it uh, a few other times. But uh, during some, I'll just say, because it's not really spoilers at the beginning. Uh, great music set to torture. Right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I've always uh, appreciated uh, sort of the uh, happy-go-lucky kind of uh, song uh, compared to the, you know. Uh, the brutal violence. Yes, yeah, brutal violence of, uh, you know. I guess it's sort of an, an ode to uh, a Clockwork Orange, you know. Yeah, 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 definitely. And also, um, kind of like uh, Reservoir Dogs, a totally different kind of movie, but yeah, mm-hmm. some I would assume that would be hard to find, like a perfect song for that. <laughs> Thank goodness we have Eric. Yeah, Eric Roderick, uh, and you may know this already, but Eric Roderick, who was our lead, uh, you know, Charlie Reese, uh, he is also a uh, musician, a Grammy nominated one uh, to boot, and uh, fortunate enough, he was inspired and. Yeah, we, uh, we wrote all the music with exception to Ice Princess. That was actually a uh, uh, corruptor's uh, uh, older older songs we able to use. So, so did he write the song? Did he write the song for the movie, or was it something he had? Uh, uh, the, the, yeah. the title track. No, he wrote that specifically for. And, the, and then the other song you're probably referring to, uh, "Dancing Me Baby," right, was written mm-hmm. for the 
Yeah, and the as well. Yeah, I think yeah, all songs except for Ice Princess. Yeah, were written, were written for the film. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. But yeah, definitely, it definitely works because it almost sounds like it would be like a, a song that you've heard before. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Eric's, Eric's uh, you know, uh, uh, previously, uh, you know, he was, he was really big into doing jingles, and he actually sold them, so I think that actually worked to our advantage as well. You know, yeah. catchy, hook, catchy hooks, that kind of stuff, and from a producer's standpoint, you know, you know, that, you know but I, I definitely buy into that really quickly, so, you know, if, if it sounds great, you know, yeah. people are going to like it, so. Yeah. Before we get too far, I guess I probably should ask this to begin with. For people not familiar, uh, what is DVD Behavior about? Uh, DVD Behavior is about a private detective named Charlie Reese who gets uh, hired to try to track down um, as, as a guy's sister. And in his investigations, he finds himself like getting involved in this world of this masked killer who's on a rampage goal to become the most beautiful woman in the city. Yeah, in, in, in her own mind. Yeah. yeah. And anyone prettier than her has to die, basically. So. <laughs> yeah. And the mask itself, like, it's simple, but it's, it's very creepy. Yeah, we were, you know, when we were testing all sorts of different uh, variations of, you know, uh, of what we wanted, you know, we, we kind of came across uh, something just very simple and, and we worked it up. And uh, immediately, you know, we, we knew what we had once we kind of put it all together. And it's like, yeah, you know. It, it was definitely one of those, like, you know, like, you know, one of those kind of like, hairs on, stand on top, on, on, hair sticking up on your arm, what you see, like, you know, that's it. We don't need to look or mess around anymore. You know, we got it. This is what'll work. And I mean, I think I think it's been really successful for like you know, like the, the whole the whole look of, of honey and stuff. Yeah, and the reaction we're getting to is very positive. They they obviously you know, they, they they love honey. They love the look. You know, uh, I've actually already gotten some requests for uh, the masks. So I'm actually uh, oh nice. Yeah, we're working on getting some of those worked up. Uh, you know. Uh, uh, we, we, we kind of got some inkling that we might have that request, and sure enough, it, it kind of came through. So once we kind of get them out there, we'll, we'll have them available for for sale eventually. So yeah, very cool. Well, Bob Belmore really put you guys over. So uh, how well do you guys know Bob Belmore? Uh, pretty good, I suppose. I mean, uh, we kind of hooked up, uh, so to speak, on the uh, the horror circuit. You know, we we did a few shows with him. Um. You know, we and we just became pretty good friends in a short amount of time. You know, uh, you know, we don't see each other that often, but it, it, anytime we get a chance to talk, it's like we pick up where we left off. So, you know, yeah, I hope he likes it. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed to, and he see, and he's an honest man. I think if he didn't like you, he would say so. That is very true. Uh, uh, Bob is a very uh, straight, sh- uh, you know, straight shooter. You know, he does not mince words, and you know, we've had a lot of. You know, I was actually trying to help him with some PR stuff, and you know, it was a, uh, it was kind of he would laugh at me because I was like, "You can't say that." Bob. I was like, "I don't care." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. I'm just, I'm just telling the truth. Like, yeah, I know, I know, you know. So, yeah, he's a great, yeah, I, great guy. I agree. Yeah, I've tried. I put a good word with him in the many conventions. There are some people who, uh, who I think don't like him because of his honesty, but, uh, but I think he's a good guy. Yeah. Uh, uh, 
Uh, you know, yeah, there, there is, uh, you know, a specific controversy that, that follows uh, along with Bob and, uh, you know, there's obviously two sides to the story, but, you mm-hmm. know, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, Bob does it in its words. He, he feels how he feels and, uh, you know, and he, he'll, he, he makes it completely ob- uh, obvious and honest of how he feels about anybody else. So, you know, yeah. It is true. So your guys' connection with those, some of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, you know, alumni from the different movies, is it because you guys are in Texas or is it because you guys both love Texas Chainsaw Massacre or kind of a, a combination of the two? I, I picked a little of all of it. Um, uh, being in Texas helps. That definitely <laughs> helps. And just um, it's kind of like the kind of like a little bit of the same thing with Bob, just, you know, hitting the convention circuit around here and just kind of, you know, I guess, hitting them off. We just, you know, we just hit it off. And so. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, for myself, uh, I was, you know, Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre was, was my movie, you know, uh, because I'm from Texas and it's sort of like, a, you know, it's almost like when you see your name in a credit, that's like my name, you know, as a kid. Uh, but that was always my film and then, you know, I was able to start getting out to these shows and start meeting them and, I guess, fortunately, it depends on who you ask, you know, it wasn't uh, such a large turnout, so I kind of had a captive audience and was able to develop relationships. Um, John Dugan, you know, he doesn't live in Texas, but we actually got to work together, um, so to speak, at uh, the show in Austin. It was probably the last real reunion of uh, all the cast members of Part 1, uh, you know, right before, I think it was right after uh, Marilyn Burns had passed. So it was Gunner's, uh, you know, one of Gunner's last uh, reunion shows. And at the time, I was uh, kind of just, you know, work, working the working the the, uh, the tables there, and by working, I mean just making sure they had everything they needed. Because the show was, you know, it was kind of interesting. They had them kind of out in the open with no tents and stuff. So I was trying to get that for them too. And, and uh, John Dewey came up to me and said, "Hey, I like the way you work. If you ever want to do something again, let me know." And about a year later, you know, we we had this part. And we thought, "Well, he'd be perfect for it." You know, playing Detective Murphy in our movie. Yeah, he is great in it because uh, John is a is a really good actor. Yeah, yeah, he is. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, he, and a great guy. He, he, oh yeah, no, no, uh, he, he's, he's, he's he really um, like just kind of like transformed the part from like what was like originally kind of on page. He was, you know, he, he really uh, took it and made it his own, um, and, and really for the better. I feel I think he really like you know brought that part to life. Yeah, he, he is Detective Murphy now, you know, to us. So, uh, like uh, Jacob said, he just he went he went uh, he did something completely different, something we didn't expect, and uh, we loved it. And like I said, uh, I don't think anyone else could have done a better job. So. Mm-hmm. It was good to see Ed Gwynn in uh, in Deviant Behavior as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Ed Gwynn also. We we probably I think work with him more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have to. Okay, so uh, we do a lot of uh, his PR and stuff and a lot of his merchandising development, uh, like with the Black Maria uh, stuff. So he, like, we sell, you know, keep you know, doing his wrenches or magnets and trucker hats and T-shirts and stuff like that. Uh, you know, so uh, we, in fact, have a show uh, coming up uh, in Austin. Uh, it's a, it's a, a Christmas, uh, was it horror for the holidays. Mm-hmm. So uh, we're going to be doing, we'll be doing that together also, but uh, kind of try to get booked in shows as well. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was great. I mean, uh, uh, he may kill me for giving too much information, but uh, at one point, uh, Ed had 
had a, a medical issue where he couldn't walk. Uh, and uh, we, it just so happened the timing of when we needed him, it worked where he could still kind of still make it out. And uh, the, the he he was actually transitioning from a wheelchair to crutches. So the wheelchair he's actually in the movie is actually his. Uh, so you know, but but for him to be able to still push through, you know, uh, and get that and get that that scene done and it was amazing on his part. So, you know, he's just, uh, he's a really good guy too. Yeah. When I met him in, um, in, in Texas, uh, I think he was with you guys, right? In Texas. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And it was uh, right after I had him on the show and he brought me uh, barbecued meat from Austin. <laughs> and I was like, this is so awesome that, uh, yeah. you know, that anyone would do that, but especially someone from uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> Very apropos. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you get yeah, By the way, uh, yeah, go on, sir. He's definitely, uh, sorry, he's definitely just, uh, he, he's, just, uh, uh, he's a foodie. I think that's the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny, whenever he we get together, yeah. Yeah, whenever he, he has a very specific taste, so anytime I go and have to you know, get food for him, and he's like, well, just bring me anything. I was like, well, I know, I know that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a personal favorite uh, barbecue in Texas? Um, I mean, I I know at least locally, you know, I don't I don't get out very much of you know Corpus Christi. <laughs> uh, here, here in actually actually uh, I think um um that one place yeah Julian Julian yeah, like, uh, here in Corpus Christi yeah, actually, uh, Guy Ferrari what's his name Guy Ferrari yeah he actually came down and did a show with those guys so I guess that might speak to something but. Uh, at least locally. Aren't you coming to Texas in uh, Corpus Christi in January? Yeah, for uh, South Texas Underground Film Festival. Yeah, okay, so when you come down, we can, we can maybe uh, take you over there. All right, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Do you guys uh, ever, I know you guys do conventions, do you ever do any of the film festivals? Uh, yeah, yeah, um, we kind of, you know, got our start on the film festival uh, circuit, um, with our with our first feature and with um uh, deviant so yeah we've um let's see we played we played festivals all over the country and a few overseas festivals too that so, uh, i want to say australia for sure yeah i think we've done a uh, uh, uk one uh-huh. or at least one or two i know canada and then you know then we have you know new york and south carolina and just you know kind of all over but um uh, we most, yeah, uh, we mostly go to the festivals, you know, that are that are running in, in Texas and stuff that, that yeah. we're able to go to and stuff. But, but yeah, no, yeah, we we we've done that festival scene. Yeah, yeah. What's that like to watch your movies, you know, with an audience at the festivals? I hate it. <laughs> uh, I can barely even sit down. I'm I'm I always have to sit in the back and I'm up and I'll I'll leave a little bit and I'll come back and then. Uh, it's usually like the first, like, you know, maybe 10, 10 minutes. And when the people, like, you start seeing the audience kind of responding, how they're kind of, resp- like, supposed to respond, and I'll, and then I relax a little bit more. But, oh, man, I'm a, I'm a nervous wreck before I'm screening. <laughs> yeah. I, I use it, I use it as sort of my own sort of a, a screening test. Uh, you know, I, li- I like to watch the audience uh, react or not react, you know. Uh, Deviant Behavior is probably the first film where I was in the, I was in the room and I saw the audience cringe when they were supposed to cringe or make a noise or 
squirm in their seats or, you know, laugh when they're supposed to laugh. So it, it's, it's pretty gratifying for me just to sit there and, and watch them enjoy it. So. Yeah. So for deviant behavior, um, you know, uh, Sal, you write, and uh, Jacob, you're the director. Uh, how did you guys, like, get together, uh, you know, as, like, a working uh, unit? Well, um, we um, – the way it started is we made films separately on our own, uh, short films and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we kind of just met in the local film scene and – Actually, there for for like a film competition, we decided to, hey, let's you know, do you want to partner up on it? And I guess kind of ever since then, we just found we had a pretty good working relationship, and then we just kind of went from there. And STX Media was born. Uh, and I think honestly, for me, I think what kind of proved that we made a good team was when we made our first short, and the reaction we got from the audience was kind of like, hey, people like what we do. I think we got a good formula. And uh, I've, I've always said, you know, if anyone ever asks, you know, that uh, that, that formula is basically Jacob's, uh, per, uh, his preference is a slow burning type of film. And mine is very much in your face kind of, uh, you know, kind of, kind of film. So I think we have a good mix of that uh, and a lot of things that we do. So you, know, you don't get too much of any, you don't get too much of one or the other. Yeah. And I think people, people respond to that pretty well. I think that's that's good because then you can, um, you know, the movies can uh, f- a broader audience for them. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever butt? Do you ever butt heads? Um. Yeah. It happens. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's never been like you know we don't have like any knockout dragout fights over something. Yeah. I mean, if if one, if one of us is passionate about something, you know, we we will make it. You know, we'll, we'll definitely make it, uh, you know, bring it to the forefront and discuss it and hash it out. Uh, but it's never where we get upset about it. And that's another great thing about our relationship uh, as, as uh, not just friends, but as, 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 as uh, you know, uh, business partners, is that the ego, the ego is non-existent. We, we both uh, know that whatever we're doing is for the, for the audience. You know, we both know that, you know, we have to make a, a good movie that people want to see and are going to have a good time watching. And that's always the end result. It's never really, I want this and I want that. And it's always like, what, how will the audience react to this? Will they get it? Should we do this? Those sort of conversations. And that's from a lot of the comments that from. Yeah. Sorry about that. So, uh, who did the effects on DV behavior? <laughs> special effects. I supervise. Um, there was a, a, a couple people that helped. I had some uh, makeup assistants, uh, Kat Cavazos and, and uh, uh, Della, right? Um, Aaron Darrow. Aaron Darrow was uh, kind of our, our first introduction to sort of silicone uh, pieces and stuff. Um, I kind of had a hand on just about everything um, that we had in there. And then there was a guy named uh, David uh, Nagy, Nagy uh, from New Jersey, actually, and he pro- he would provide our uh, sort of silicone pieces. <laughs> body parts um, so it was it's a good thing people you know that, that sort of made it all kind of come 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 uh, to fruition so so uh, how long did it take to uh, to, to film the evening behavior um let's see well okay. think about it is because we only shot it on the weekends yeah uh, you know we don't uh, you know we're very much a no budget type of company so uh, you know 
we make our money having real jobs. <laughs> eight to yeah, five. we have day jobs that That's we still need to do. So, so a lot of uh, our Fridays were sort of prep days and, and pre-lighting, and then we shot Saturdays and Sundays. Uh, I want to say uh, it was probably like eight months. Was eight, eight months, Eight yeah. months worth of weekends with some breaks in between, like for the holidays and stuff. So, and then like another, maybe like another month of reshoots and pickups. Yeah, some, some B-roll shots and some other things like that. So, yeah. It can warrior type of stuff. Right. So uh, who did who did like a lot of the because you guys you talked about doing PR for some of the guys and I always really like your banners and stuff. So do you guys actually do the the cover art for um for your movies? Yeah. The um, yeah. Does, um, I do all the artwork and all of like the um, posters and trailers and promo pieces and and all that stuff. Um, anything else like um. I edit all of our stuff and, you know, do all like the sound design and stuff, you know, that kind of, yeah, pretty much all everything else. But yeah, uh, yeah all the, all, all the promo materials and posters and stuff, I design all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, about, how about some of the stuff you guys talked about for like Ed Gwynn and stuff? Where could, could people buy that stuff online or is it, you know, if you meet uh, a medic? Yeah. Um, Ed, uh, well, Ed has it, um, at all of his, um, convention appearances, and he also has an online store. Yeah, it's called Black Maria Trucking Company. Uh, so if you just were to Google Black Maria Trucking, it'll, it'll be the first thing that pops up, and you can get uh, autographs and photos and trucker hats and T-shirts, and uh, he sells replicas of the wrenches, and he'll sign all that stuff. And uh, I think we just, uh, last year, we uh, rolled up the magnets, Black Maria Trucking magnets, and I think we're working up some stickers and looking into some some enamel pens probably coming up. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, uh, the, uh, the the horror crowd loves him just because I don't know. There's something about it. You know, he he makes you fit. He's like the, the favorite uncle you never had. Because <laughs> yeah. you, know, you can stay with him for hours and just listen to all these stories. And he's had, he's had an amazing life. Uh, you know, uh, if, uh, I think you've talked to him before, but if you're getting back, I can. Give some questions because he doesn't like to get too personal. I think sometimes, but you yeah, know, uh, he he's really had an amazing life. You know, uh, growing up in the late fifties and sixties. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a great guest. He's a just a, a good guy to talk to. When you first like contacted him, did he like? Did he know that people still you know watched the movie and was interested? Oh yeah, I mean, um, we actually caught him. Probably a few years after he kind of got wind, uh, it was actually on a set for the movie um, uh, Butcher Boys that uh, he he realized then that uh, people love the movie because he kind of unmarried it at some point, uh, kind of went on with his life. Uh, it was just something he did. Yeah, just something he did, you know. Uh, and uh, I think the first show he did was Texas Frightmare, and that's when he realized, oh wow, people. Love this movie, and yeah. right? And that was in 2012, and I think we hooked up with him about 2015. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, uh, yeah, he's he's still he's still astonished, you know, at, at the, the reaction. But he loves it, and they love him. It's good to see that. It's good to see that too, also. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he he deserves it, he's, uh, and he and he seems um, very happy that people like it because uh, I think oh, yeah. he, there has been people I've met. 
that you could tell I like, don't necessarily want to be at a convention, but they never last long at the conventions. And like, they might make an appearance or something, but they slowly, yeah. you know, they're, they're no longer, you know, at the conventions. But the guys who stick around, you could tell you really enjoy being there. Yeah. <laughs> or at least do a good job of pretending. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, as long I'll, as you fake you know, it well. Right. right. Yeah. I mean, it, whatever, I mean, I've, I've encountered some, some interesting, uh, you know, well, my encounters, some of my encounters have been pretty interesting with some today they celebrities, and I was kind of like, man, I wish I never would have met them. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's almost like, hey, man, just, can, aren't you an actor? Can you pretend that you want to? Right, right. Yeah. Exactly. I waited 30 years to meet you, and this is what I get. <laughs> yeah, I have. Overall, not just because I'm doing the show here, but overall, most of the people I've met have been very cool. But there are a few of them that I, that I, yeah. that I wouldn't agree with. Yeah, but the vast majority have been, like, you know, really, <laughs> really fun to talk to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one guy specifically wasn't, but I won't bring it <laughs> Yeah, that's... Yeah, one out of, like, how you, many, that's pretty yeah. cool. Every, anytime you mention that, you know, I always want to say, oh, please say the name. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, he wouldn't be a guy that most, most people would know by name. <laughs> Probably. I don't think they would be, but uh, Ian White. I'll say his name. Ian White. He's, uh, okay. he's a very tall guy who played... Oh, I think he played... Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played the Predator in um, AVP, and he was in like some of the other Predator movies. Yeah, yeah. Oh. He, was, he was he was somebody in the um, um, Lord of the Rings show, I think, and all in um, in Game of Thrones, but only season one. He's right. He's only the the mountain in season one. Yeah. So he must have pissed oh, yeah. somebody off too, because then they replaced them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I haven't told this story in ages, but I'll tell it here if you guys want. <laughs> I yeah, love this story, Neil. Yeah, yeah. Was that a day? Because let me just just give like a, a just give a little backstory. Neil is not a person that ever gets angry. He's you know one of the most relaxed people that I know, and I'm not saying that just because he's my brother. It's just <laughs> the way he is, you know. It's just very rarely does somebody like annoy him to the point that he gets really, really angry. <laughs> right. And I've I've been told that if you if you watch, we did a video review of the whole convention, and if you watch that one, like you can really see my visceral. Uh, oh yeah, you obsess over it, actually. Yeah, you really yeah. do. And so, uh, so he was see. We had a booth there. It was, I think it was in Indianapolis, Days of the Dead. And uh, so it was nice to give us a booth. And right next to us is uh, Ian White. And so I'm like, you know, like, honestly, like three feet away from the guy. And he seemed fine. We're sitting there all weekend. And then Sunday, I usually don't ask people for interviews till Sunday, uh, just because that's a, the slower day. And I don't, want, I don't like to take people away from get, you know, from paying guests. And, uh, and so uh, I asked him, I was like, oh, can we do an interview now? And he says, don't take this personally, but I don't want to be seen on camera with you. <laughs> and, I, and I was just thinking, like, how do I not take that personally? It was, like, so, like, shocking. I didn't even know what to say. And then I was like, well, can I just do, like, a video of you saying, you know, this is Ian White, listen to Without Your Head, whatever, watch Without Your Head. And he said, no, I will not endorse you. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. And so then we left because I was uh, I uh, hosted a, a panel there, and then we were coming back, and our former co-host, me, Troy, and our former co-host uh, John, and John's like, "Oh, let's you know, let's not go back to the table. Let's go do." That. I'm like, well, "No, what's what's wrong?" He's like, "No, dude, go." So we go back to the table, and here's there's this line of like four or five podcasters 
interviewing Ian White. Like one guy's interviewing him, and then he's got like three or four people behind waiting to interview him. So it was like not only would he not, he specifically wouldn't let me interview him, but he but he was fine with it being interviewed by like every other podcast that was at the event. And I was wow. like, oh my god. Plus, they were also uh, sitting at our table too, which kind of messed up. So later that same night, we were at the at the hotel bar eating, and uh, and I just we just told John Dugan the story, and then here comes Ian White into the bar, and he sits at the bar, <laughs> and he turns and like waves at all the fans, and John Dugan very loudly he goes Neil. I'll do an interview with you anytime. Come on up to my hotel, right? And and he just turns around, Ian White, and just like looks away and doesn't look at us the rest of the day. He just like slinks off into into the corner, and and I'm sitting there thinking, you know, the four of us—John, Neil, John, and me—I think I'm the tallest guy at five foot seven out of the four of us. And this man is seven foot three, and I'm like, I, I don't know if we really want to make this too personal with this guy because he'll squash all four of us without breaking a sweat. I think, but you know, but but it was you know it was the time to get angry. There was a reason for it. I think it's funny now, but at the time, how it was, uh, yeah, it wasn't a good time. No, but what's he done I, since? I, Nothing. So yeah, you karma, I guess, right? Yeah, right. exactly. <laughs> right. I went and told all the studios. I was like, this is nasty, Neil. Don't think <laughs> 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 it's just that, just that powerful. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. So, Deviant, where, you know, Deviant Behavior came out in October. Where can people get it right now? Uh, you can get it on Amazon. It's it's available for rent or to buy on um, Amazon Prime. Also, um, you can get uh, DVDs and Blu-rays from like Walmart, like Walmart, Best Buy, Target, um, Barnes and Noble. Uh, yeah, Barnes and Noble. Um, let's see where else. Um, it's on. Uh, so it streaming? I think it was Xbox. I think. Oh, yeah, and then, you know, it's available for right on Voodoo and, you know, or not, not Voodoo, um, um, uh, uh, Vimeo, and, you know, it's it's kind of just, it's, it's out there. So, yeah. But I guess okay. the, the fastest way would be on Amazon. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. Go there. Yeah. yeah. The, main, the main one. Yeah, yeah. I think the go-to. Yeah, the go-to. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I saw you guys actually did play uh, uh, Dead Time Stories at uh, the South Texas Underground Film Festival. Uh, yeah, we, yep. we actually premiered it there. Yeah, in um, 2014. Yeah, 2014. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We premiered it there, and um, and uh, DV Behavior premiered right. at uh, in 2016. 2016, yeah. it premiered there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, really? Okay, also, cool. Yep, yeah, that, that was also a premiere at a local uh, uh, movie theater. Right. Yeah, we actually got oh, nice. like in a real, yeah. real movie yeah, theater. Sold out crowd and everything. So yeah, that was great. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, that would be it. Very cool. So I really, I really liked uh, Dead Time Story. That was the first uh, Dead Time Stories. Was the first movie I saw from you guys. At, it was at Texas, right, man? Yep. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I remember yeah. that was the that was the yeah that was the first time that we ever screened it at Texas Frightmare, right. and it was oh man, that was actually a real great experience because it was like it were actually like 
one of the people that we would just we, we would go watch other people's movies and now we're showing our movie and it, yeah it was really cool yeah yeah, I think that's one of the conventions that does the uh, the movies well because I've been to. It's really hit or miss, the, like the the movie screenings at conventions because I've been to some where it's really not a lot of people there, and then I've been to them, you yeah. know, like Texas. Texas especially was for me anyway. Ones I've been to is uh, one that really showcased the movies and ha- has a nice audience. What's good? Uh, Texas Frightmare and and, uh, and and Lloyd and Texas Frightmare they've been great to us. Like both, both times that we've been lucky enough to 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 screen both of our movies there, we've you know we've gotten great times and great res- res- responses and you know it, nothing but great things it's, to say about uh, it. I, I think of it as, a, as sort of a blessing, you know. Yeah. Uh, if we can if it, we can get that right now, it, it's got a little little it's got a little shine to it now. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good there. luck charm now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And I, I like that there really are deviants in deviant behavior. It's not just a cool yeah. title. There are some some good deviants in the movie. <laughs> well, well, because it is just a good title too. So. It is. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, you know, when I when I wrote it, uh, you know, it's always you know, there's always that that thing people say like, well, I don't like anyone. I don't like the guy. You know, I don't like anyone mm-hmm. in this movie. Well, I wrote it that way. You know, you're not supposed to really like anybody because they're all kind of trash people. Really, when you boil them down to like the nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's always everyone has a, has a problem, and they're all kind of messed up in their own way. So you know, I, 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 that was the intention. You know? Yeah. So, I think with that kind of movie, um, where it's not like where no one's necessarily likable. It's more about watching and seeing what happens as opposed to like, you know, rooting for anybody. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's just a different uh, storytelling. Right. Yeah. We were definitely trying to try to trying to try some new things uh, and sort of doing some like, you know, when I wrote it, obviously, you know, it's a private detective kind of story, you know, and then mm-hmm. uh, Jacob said, I want to shoot this like, you know, like this 70s gritty type of noir kind of thing, you know, yeah. and no, no. It's it's it was trying to uh, what I was trying to do when I was shooting was trying to combine like a almost like a classic detective new you know noir film with like a slasher and a, a lot of people have of course pointed that out that's what it feels like and a lot of people have said that it, that that it's a you know it's not like a likely combination but it seems to work. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, you know, it, it makes sense because you would uh, you would have detectives, you know, uh, going after a killer. So why not, you know, a, a deviant uh, killer or killers? Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. I don't want to give too much away because there is a great uh, twist at the end as well. Well, uh, cool. Glad you like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like I don't want to give away the movie, but I do, I do recommend it. I want people to check it out. Oh, thank you. Yeah, not just because you guys are on. I enjoyed the movie. Sure, sure. I think I think uh, if you know if anyone you know it's a good time to be had. You know, uh, you know we we uh, you know like I said, I I pride from the producer standpoint. You know, I, I pride uh, the, what we we're able to do with the little amount of money we had. Uh, you know, it, I think that we I think just from a biased perspective or unbiased, uh, you know, it's pretty good. You know, I have to say, really, uh, compared to uh, some major projects that I've seen, you know, not trying to trash anybody, but I'm just saying for the small amount of money that we had, I, I, I'm really proud of what we were able to accomplish, you know. Uh, 
especially with the soundtrack. I mean, you don't see a whole lot of indie movies come out with a soundtrack. Yeah, you know, a complete original soundtrack. Right. Yeah. Yo, death, the music is a huge part of the movie. I mean, it really, I, it was the first thing I wrote down in my notes was uh, that track. And then it wasn't just the, you know, the track beginning, it was the, throughout the whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, I'd definitely be proud of that. How has that been, how, how has that been doing, like, uh, putting out the, the soundtrack? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, uh, we're actually a little surprised that, the, I mean, I knew, I mean, it was like, I, I just, I, it's hard to, I know it sounds stupid because I, it's, you know, it's my movie and, you know, the dog music. Sure. It's, it's good stuff. And I really, I'm really glad to see and surprised at the reaction we're getting. I mean, uh, we're actually able to, Eric is a big statistics guy, so he, he tracks all of that stuff and he's always giving us sort of these little mini reports of, yeah. of all these things and how many people have watched. So, I mean, you can, if you have Spotify, you can get, you can listen to it. If you have, have iHeartRadio, you can listen to it. Uh, you can also download an I, I, uh, uh, Apple Music. Yeah, or, yeah iTunes. Or Amazon. Uh, yeah, it, it's Amazon on music. pretty much any kind of music streaming yeah. site. Yeah, and we've already got some offers to come on some, uh, I, I guess, uh, uh, music podcasts where they kind of just talk about music and play. Oh, really? Yeah, so... We're kind of lining those up too next, but um, it's kind of taking a, a life of its own. And we figured, well, if you don't like the movie, you like the music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how about the physical? Because that's something people talk about the last few years. You know, the death of uh, physical media uh, for for independent horror movie. How 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 does that how how do they uh, compare between people who get like uh, video on demand and people who get uh, physical copies? Uh, it's definitely going digital. It's, yeah, it's definitely really moving more towards streaming's favor really fast. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's it. I mean, don't get me wrong. There's nothing. There's nothing like having your film like holding like a Blu-ray copy of your film mm-hmm. like in your hands and stuff. And you know, I love that feeling. But I, it's just the accessibility of it's so easy just it's on your phone already just click you know click a link and there it is yeah. or you know it's on your tv already so yeah yeah, yeah. it's definitely the way it's definitely the, the way in the future now yeah. yeah i mean uh from a business perspective uh there's less overhead for sure so that that's a little bit more money coming back our way uh yeah. and you know uh and I know I'm the money guy, but that's what. <laughs> but you know what, what I'm looking at is what is, is you know from what I'm seeing. If it continues, you know this the the proceeds of this film will, is, is going to fund our next project, and that's what all this is. That's what that's what all this is. It's a circle of life, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's another thing. You know, we're, we're a very small company. Uh, our crew are uh, a, a group of interns, you know, who are kind of in, this is our their film school boot camp, you know, mm-hmm. um, and none of us. Uh, in, in the organization, you know, make any personal money out of this. Anything that comes back to us goes back to buying, you know, silicone or, or latex or, or camera lenses or lights or stuff like that. And it goes directly back into the into the the, the, the organization to fund mm-hmm. the next project. Uh, yeah. So you know, if anyone is really supportive in the in the uh, you know in the material and, and definitely wants to see more of it, you know, uh, you know, please. Go out there and you know it's only three dollars on Amazon, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but it's gonna it's gonna make a world of difference for our future projects. Yeah. Yeah, it's a thing I can never understand. People who, uh, you know, who, uh, who who tour in movies and stuff. 
especially like mm-hmm. smaller independent movies. It's like uh, you obviously you're not supporting it. You're stealing stuff. Plus, the the thing is like all that's almost everything's on video demand. You can get it for like a few bucks. So it's like. Yeah. It's you thing can't tell me, right, that you don't have, like, the 99 cents yeah. or the yeah, 395 or whatever it may be. You know? yeah. Like, you're trying to, you know, to, to buy a Spider-Man movie that costs, like, you know, $20 or something. Right, yeah. right. So, right. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think we've been pirated already. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. man. <laughs> In fact, even before the movie came out, there was a guy on eBay selling on movie posters. Really? Uh, yeah. Ah. It's, 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 it's crazy, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, 95% of me hates it because, you know, obviously it hurts it hurts the, the, the company, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that small percentage is like, is it, is it, is it that good that they're going to steal it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I guess there is that to be said. Like, you know, hey, you know, somebody know. spent the effort to actually steal this shit, so it must be worth yeah, something. I, I know. That's I kind of like, I, I wonder. But, 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 but I still go back to that 95%. It's like, yeah, can you just like, you know, <laughs> some, some pennies off of that thing? You, know? <laughs> you got to buy some, some uh, latex for this. <laughs> yeah. So what 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 are the uh, the um, the plans for the next project? Um, we're actually um, our next project is actually going to be a uh, TV series oh, based, nice. based off of our first movie, uh, Dread Time Stories. Mm-hmm. So it'll be like you know it'll be an anthology um, show, just just like the movie was. Uh, we're looking at, you know, I guess, I think we're, we're trying to, it, it'll be like a, you know, for the first season anyway, it'll be like a low episode, probably like six or eight episodes. Uh-huh. And yeah, we're going to, as they call it, like our little version of like a Tales from the Crypt or Creep Show or yeah. something like that. Oh, oh man, yes, that's awesome. So, yeah, so, so we're really excited about it, um, you know, here in house and stuff. And it's been something that I've, I've wanted to do, oh, for years, like, it was just, you know, when was the right moment? I wanted to do it since before the first movie came out. So, so we're, we're finally taking that step forward, and that's going to be our next project. Yeah, I'm also excited that we're actually going to have a host. Yeah. You know, uh, yeah, we're going to have a like, 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 kind of deal? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 and we've got some pretty cool ideas. You know, it's weird. Like, oh, okay, sweet. So we kind of do, when we come up with something, we're like, is anyone else doing this or has it been done? And we kind of Google the hell out of it. And we're like, okay, that hasn't really, I haven't seen that. So we, it's cool. You know, so <laughs> we're kind of like, okay, let's put that in. You know, no one, no one's doing that. So, uh, but yeah, uh, we're, we're definitely going for more, uh, not so much, not, no, not, we definitely had decided that we don't want the, uh, the host to be kind of crip people where he kind of cracks jokes. And yeah. Sure. Which, which is great. Yeah, crip people, that's been crip done. People, but we wanted to do something a little more serious and maybe more darker. Yeah. Uh, or the you know production of these episodes and stuff. So in fact, we are actually already going to we're doing makeup tests uh, in the next few weeks and uh, going to do an application test uh, to kind of see how how it works uh, with how the host is going to work and stuff like that. So yeah, I, yeah, I love it because I grew up you know with anthology uh, movies like Creep Show mm-hmm. and the anthology series and uh, and uh, the last few years. Um, it's been great TV stuff, but it, there's not a lot of anthologies. Most of it are ongoing, you know, uh, 
where it shows you have to watch the whole, you know, the yeah. whole story arc from the beginning. Yeah. 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 Even the shows yeah. that don't do that, the whole thing, it's usually the, the one, each season's one story. So there's not yeah. a lot of stuff where you can just watch, you know, an individual episode. Yeah. And that's what I'm excited about for the, the thing is just to be able to tell like, you know, a, a different story every week or every, you know, every episode I can change up styles, you know, for like every episode you could, you know, do a crime thriller one week and then, you know, uh, a slow burn ghost story the next or something, you know, like, you know, mm-hmm. everything's on the table, nothing, you know, so I'm excited about that. Like just, Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah. I think it's a great, idea. Yeah. yeah. And it's also kind of like in back to making short films, but then they have a, they have like a built in home. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we're actually, uh, we're kind of, we're letting our interns, uh, you know, they're, they're submitting their treatments to us. So we're kind of giving them the, the sort of, uh, replicated, uh, studio, uh, kind of experience. You know, they're nice. submitting their stories and we're going to work it up and work with them. And, you know, and, and kind of find out, you know, what they want to do on the film specifically and kind of develop it, you know. Uh, yeah. So, you know, that, that, that uh, you know, they're pretty excited about that too. It's like, and I, you know, they get an opportunity to be told, hey, if you read a story, here's your chance, you know. Mm-hmm. So, That's uh, like a win win right there, I think. Yeah. Yeah. We've got some really good stories already in development, you know, that we're kind of like, man, that's, that's going to be a good one. You know, execution is always you know, the, the tricky part, obviously. But um, we were, uh, we actually were, you know, we, we usually plan a couple of projects ahead. Obviously, the, the web series was going to be a priority. Uh, and we, are, we already were planning to do a creature feature for our next feature film. Um, but because of what, what I, you know, what we're seeing with Deviant, we may be, uh, I don't want to say forced, but we may have to do a sequel, uh, or a prequel. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that's kind of what we're, we're kind of, uh, kicking around right now, but definitely the priority for the web series first. Yeah. Do you, do you, uh, cause there's so many platforms out there now, like, uh, I'm sure it's way too early, but, uh, it's nice that there's places, you know, where it could go for the web series. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. Um, uh, we haven't really like locked down specifics. We've talked with our distributor about some ideas, um, you know, and, um, I guess the, the good news is they're excited about it. That, that was also kind of what kind of, you know, it's like, yeah, we can do this. This seems, you know, like, like a good move right now. So maybe, so yeah, so I mean, it'll, it'll be out there. Yeah. People, people will be able to see it. So that's a yeah. guarantee. Right. So how can people follow you guys to see what you're up to? Uh, we have our basic, our flagship is our Facebook page, uh, at six feet on Facebook. Uh, Second to that is probably our Twitter, and I think I think we finally got with the game and got an Instagram. Yeah, we've already started it. Yeah, we've already started Instagram and stuff. So. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, one of our uh, one of our uh, fans, uh, Jason Guy, he uh, you know uh, you know he's always been sharing and and uh, you know counting us, and we kind of brought him into the fold, and he's uh, kind of helping us with some of the PR too. So he's kind of helping. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah, that's great. You, I mean, you, you you know, taking care of all of those platforms is, is a lot of work. Yes, uh, it is. Yeah. It's basically a full-time job. Uh, so I, I was getting to the point where I just, I needed help, you know, and at some point, uh, uh, I, I think any sort of good manager or leader has to say, like, I, I need to delegate a little bit and let go, you know. So that, that kind of helped me with any kind of uh, controlling issues I may have. <laughs> so it's, it's, yeah. It's, 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 yeah. 
still. Oddly enough, uh, well, this was a long time ago, but one of uh, the listeners of the show uh, were like, you guys should have a Facebook page. And I was like, ah, I don't know what that is. It's probably <laughs> some fly by night thing, man. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. And they're like, well, do you mind if I make you guys one? And I was like, yeah, whatever you want to do. But, you know, but, uh, you know, it turned out to be a pretty good idea. Yeah, I, I remember the first time I heard of Facebook. It was like 2008 or 2009, and I was uh, I was uh, kind of visiting a colleague, and uh, I, it was when MySpace was the thing, you know. And I was like, "Oh, are you on MySpace?" And they're like, "No, I'm on Facebook." And I'm like, "What's that?" She's like, "It's in the, it's like it's like MySpace for adults." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, okay." I was like, "Well, that sounds lame." <laughs> yeah. uh, what did I know? All right. Definitely yeah. not doing that then. Yeah. Our first like year, I think most of the, the guests were, were uh, like I got through through a MySpace. Like uh, t- Adam Green was through MySpace and Mike Mendez. Uh, yeah. And, uh, Sid, I don't think Sid was. Sid Haig was our first guest, but that wasn't through MySpace. Yeah. <laughs> But and then uh, and then through Facebook, uh, you know a lot of them too. Uh, Tom, I was bringing this up. Tom Matthews, who who didn't do interviews at the time. Now he's done. You know he's done a few since then. But uh, he wasn't a guy who liked to do interviews. And uh, I was uh, Farmville uh, neighbors with him, and we played. <laughs> you did me. That's yeah, awesome. So he, so he agreed to do the show. I'm grateful for social. I mean, it's it, you know it can be frustrating at times, but I'm grateful for social media. I think that uh, for indie, marketing tool there is. Yeah, for indie mm-hmm. filmmakers, I mean, if there wasn't social media, I don't know how we would be as, as successful as we are right now. Um, yeah. You know, so you know, I'm grateful for it. It, it can be a thorn in the side sometimes. You know, like mm-hmm. stuff you don't want to see or you know whatever. But I think that. Uh, I, I, I owe a lot to social media, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but no, I agree 100%. Mm-hmm. It it's like anything else. It's a tool that you could, uh, a lot of positives can come out of it. And, you know, unfortunately, people use it for, for a lot of negativity, too. But right. uh, you've got to try to look over, overlook that, which is hard sometimes, I understand. Yeah. There is a lot of negativity. Negativity. I don't know if you guys are aware of this, Troy, or, uh, or uh, Sal and Jake, but there, there is a lot of negativity on the internet. you got to be kidding me. Uh-huh. No, it's, it's shocking, but it is yeah. out there. Yeah. Which, I mean, I, I, you know, the last year I've got a lot healthier, and so a lot more positive guy, and then the, the negativity really stands out more to me now. <laughs> like, I really, I really don't need a lot of this. So a lot of it I just, you know, I'll unfollow this guy, Maybe I don't want to. I don't want to unfriend them. I'll just unfollow them and not have to see, to see what what they talk about every day. Yeah, multiple times yeah. a day. I think it's amazing uh, our the society we've developed into where you know unfriending someone is just as bad as punching them in the face. Now <laughs> it is. Yeah, it sometimes is. worse. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's amazing, and you, you kind of step back and look at it. And you're like, that is nuts. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But it's, it's, the, it's the reality we live in, you know. Yeah, I think if, I, if someone would tell me, like, years ago, like, oh, you're going to be upset if, you know, someone you've never met unfriends <laughs> you on, like, some website, like, and I'd be like, what the hell are you talking about? Oh, what does that even yeah. mean? Why would I, I don't even know why I would care about that. But, yeah. yeah. Yep. 
<laughs> but it does. I mean, I'll be, I'll be honest. Too. If I, if I look like an old picture and I notice like someone who liked it, you know, and uh, then you just see their name and they're no longer your friend on there. Uh, if it's someone like I, some people I just don't remember. But if it's someone you had interaction with, I do like stop and think like, huh, I wonder why he did that. That's weird. <laughs> what did I do to this guy? But, or the uh, the friend request I was like, I thought I was friends with them already. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. uh, Troy and I have a mutual friend that that happens a lot with <laughs> about six times I think over the last five wow. or six years. Yeah, we're like, oh, I didn't know he you know he's no longer my friend, but apparently, uh, I, for a while it'd be like, well, you wonder, and then after a while it's just like, I'll just accept it. And <laughs> yeah, I, I respectfully <laughs> decline. <laughs> yeah, I find it's easier just to accept it and not uh, and not ask. Or... <laughs> yeah. But anyway, uh, I really dug deviant behavior and uh, dread time stories. I, mean, I know I said I said dead time stories earlier, but dread time stories. I would definitely recommend both of them for people to check them out. Thank you. You're very welcome. And I'm looking forward to a uh, to a series. I love the idea. Yeah, me too. Uh, hopefully, we can uh, come back and when it's ready to go, discuss it with you. Give the first looks, maybe. Uh, you know, excellent. Yeah, you're always welcome back. Very good. Oh yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I look forward to meeting you guys if uh, if we can make that happen when I'm in uh, South Texas. Yeah, most definitely. Yeah, we'll we'll uh, you know we'll keep up with you, and when you come when you come down here, we'll at least try to get you to that barbecue place. See what you think. All right, sounds good. Well, it's very good to have you guys on. Thank you for having me. It's a huge deal for us, really. It is because, you know, uh, and we, we value your opinion. Uh, so it's, it's a huge honor for us to, to be able to come back and talk. Thank you. I appreciate Thank that. You. Yeah, you're welcome. And uh, we will talk again soon. All right. Good to see you. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You guys take care. You too. Bye. 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 Hey, this is David Howard Thornton. You might know me as Art the Clown for the movie Terrifier, and this is Without Your Head. All right, we're back here once again at the Station of Decapitation Without Your Head, and I'm still Nasty Neil. And I remain Terrible Troy. Mm-hmm. Big thanks Are you to still big... not a werewolf? <gasps> oh my goodness, is tonight the night? <clears throat> no, I'm still a not a werewolf. Oh, 
Yeah. That's a callback to years ago. I've not uh, updated people about not being a werewolf, but I am indeed still not a werewolf. That's a good thing. <clears throat> big thanks to Big Bob Elmore. Yes. Old and, dear friend. Exactly. And Jacob Grimm and Sal Hernandez. Seem like very nice people. Yes. I met Sal and I've not met Jacob. Okay. I don't believe I haven't. If I did, I probably didn't know what at the time is the only thing. You know what I mean? Right. And uh, check out their film, Deviant Behavior. I will. I look forward to it. I think I did see the other one, though. Dread Time Stories? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I liked it. And our music of the month here, Bad Hormones. And that's W-H-O-R-E-M-O-A-N-S. Hormones. Good people. Good tunes. So, Troy, I was going to bring this up to you here live on the show. Yes, this is legitimate, too, because I had asked Neil during the break, and he said, ah, well, I will tell you and all the listeners when we return. Exactly. So once before I say that, uh, coming up uh, later here in the show to to finish out the show, Jonathan Miller who is uh, the creator of Ovid.tv, which is a new streaming site that uh, features independent uh, art house films, documentaries, and foreign films. So that's going to be very uh, cool talking with him. And I'll be honest, you know, I recorded early in the day, but it's uh, he's been uh, a film distributor and curator for 40 years, since 1978. Whoa. So a lot of, a lot of awesome. history. Very cool so tomorrow, Troy... Oh, so what are you doing tomorrow, Nasty Neil? So the one thing you know, tomorrow night I'm going to the International uh, the the International Pancake Film Festival. All right, not sponsored by the International House of Pancakes. No, it is a is a film is a film festival dedicated to movies about pancakes. Hmm. Now there's a subgenre I. Did, I don't think I've ever heard of before. No. And this particular year, it's all science fiction. So it's all science fiction pancake movies. Hmm. Okay. Now, I saw this last week when I was at an ET, at the E.T. and the Gremlins uh, double feature. Yep. My friend uh, Juliana had never seen either movie, and I was just dumbfounded that anyone has never seen E.T. or Gremlins. You know, Not- I did the one thing if they hadn't seen either one, which still would be dumbfounded, but not to have seen either. I, was, I didn't know if they were a real person, maybe they were a robot. But <laughs> you have to see these movies. And she ended up liking them, which is good, or else I'd be like, well, I, I'll never talk to this person again if they don't like me. <laughs> That'd probably freak you out a little bit. Right, right. So it worked out well. But at that, there was an ad. They show ads, you know. And so there's all different movies coming up, uh, Bullets coming up and stuff at, at uh, the Brattle Theater in Cambridge. And, uh, you know, old movies and then some, like, newer art house stuff. And then the thing comes up, the International Pancake Film Festival. I was like, what? Uh, <laughs> madness. And apparently this is, this. it's not like the debut of this. This has been an ongoing thing every year. Whoa. Since 2007. All right. That's madness right there. So every year. And then, so first I was like, well, I, I got to look because if there's like a four day event, I don't know if I could sit through like four days of pancake movies. But it's two and a half hours. So okay. I was like, 
that's a perfect time for for yeah. Yep, you can dedicate that amount of time. Right. And so what they do is, like, the beginning of every year, they say, hey, the end of this year, the Pancake Film Festival is going to be, you know, whatever. The one year was Haunted Pancakes, which I was, um, sadly we missed. That would have been sweet to see a bunch of horror pancake movies. But this year, it's science fiction. That'd probably be kind of fun, too, though. Exactly. And so uh, people, you know, uh, put submitted their movies, and, and uh, so they're gonna go see a bunch of science fiction pancake movies. Nice, All and right. it's also I'm down with it. Free pancakes with your paid admission, no. so you can, you're watching pancake movies and you can eat pancakes. That's awesome. It's gonna be amazing. It's a, in theory an amazing time. We'll yeah. Yep. Yep. So before right, I wish that, you the best of luck with that one. That sounds right. interesting. It does. So there is a built-in double feature, which I will not be attending only because of the time. I, I would not be able to catch the bus back if I went oh, to the double feature, because after that, they're doing a double feature of the Pancake Film Festival along with Soylent Green, which I do find very funny that they would pair, pair those two up. Oh, yeah. Yep. And you wonder what you just ate these pancakes. <laughs> well, so I made my own double feature, Troy. Oh, I thought you were going to say you made your own pancakes. No, I'm planning on doing a pancake movie for next year. All right, all right. Uh, so um, I don't know what it'll be yet. We'll find out. But the uh, Julianne had some ideas, but I, I don't know. We'll find. Okay. It. We'll make something by next year. We got a year now to, to think about it. I guess we have to wait to see what the theme is. Right, right. Because I would suck to make this pancake movie, and you're like, "Holy shit, we just made this western pancake movie. <laughs> it's only got to be superhero movie." Oh man, yeah. Ooh. For a romantic talk, right. yeah, you'd have to put it on the shelf for however many years until <laughs> it comes around. Because what do you do with a Western pancake movie? Yeah, besides the pancake film festival, <laughs> I don't know. So I decided to make my own double feature. Alrighty. So what do you think would pair well with a with a pan, with a festival about pancake movies, science fiction pancake movies? Um, a science fiction bacon movie. There you go. That would be sweet. That would be something that would make sense. But I decided, that, which makes sense in my mind, and I think it's totally okay. new, is so I'm gonna, at night I'm going to go see the, the Pancake Film Festival. But before that, uh-huh. I'm going to watch a three-and-a-half-hour film that I've been dying to see, The Irishman. Oh, okay, very good. And I think that's a perfect pairing, The Irishman and then, a, and then the Pancake Film Festival. Okay, yep, yep. I'm seeing some kind of pattern develop here. Right. I think that's me, you know, I think it me it's like, well, that's definitely Neil. Okay, yep, yep. You whenever you think of pancake movies, you think of the Irishman. Right, right, right. Because what now, goes you, better with pancakes than an Irishman? Right, right. You like right, to eat right. pancakes with an Irishman, maybe. There you go. So my my one concern, though, All right, is what would that be? The director of the Irishman. Let, let's say Martin Scorsese. He finds out. He's like, "Oh, Nasty Neil was going to my movie." Yeah. What, what's he doing the rest of the day? Do you think he'd be just like, "My God, that is not cinema"? Pancake. Oh movies? no, he wouldn't care about that. Pancake uh, movies yeah. are are highbrow, you know, uh, excellence. Right. Well, like stay Iron away Man, from though. those Marvel movies. Right. Don't watch Iron Man or the Avengers. But if you stick with uh, 
pancake movies, I think it'll be fine. All right, all right. Because they're not making any money, so they're they're good stuff. Yeah, and I know there are people out there that are like, well, why don't you just wait and watch The Irishman on Netflix? Because I want to see it on the big screen if possible. Always better on the big screen. Big screen whenever you can. That's what I say, boss. Exactly. So I didn't really, really, I didn't even know it's have it has a short theatrical run. Yeah, I didn't know that either. And I was shown it at the Coolidge. So it's gonna be pretty sweet. I'm, I'm looking forward to this. I can't, you know, when I just when I heard it that Martin Scorsese before before he was a grumpy old man, these <laughs> yeah. aren't really movies. <laughs> Uh, it's like, all right, whatever. And the, the weird thing is, all right, if some old man says this, you know, it'd be one thing. But like, yeah, whatever. Just don't pay attention to, you know, he's just a grumpy old dude. He's set his <laughs> yeah. ways. But then it's like all these people like, yeah, that's right. These aren't real movies. I know. And, and that was a sad one when it's somebody you really respect and admire. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's one thing, like, if it's just, if it's uh, Jennifer Aniston, like, I give a shit about her opinion. Like, go make another rom-com. Yeah, like, her movies are are better. Yeah, exactly. The the one where they're smuggling drugs and they they have, like, the built-in family. I'm sure that's a great film. Right. But I did get a kick out this week because I noticed some of the same people... Who would post about, um, they'd be like, you know, the, the, you know Mar- Mar- MCU is not real movies. I agree with, finally, I agree with this guy. The MCU <laughs> must be stopped. Yep. Stop the evil empire. Yeah. And then the same, some of those same exact people, they were like, the day that Disney Plus went on sale, like, oh my God, the mango, the man, what is it, like the guy who plays Mandalorian? <laughs> But no, it's Boba, the Boba Fett show. Like, this is fantastic. I love it. Which is fine. That's great. It looks good to me, too. But you can't be really like... Good, Neil. It is really is good, Neil. It is it? You can't Brian be Hussein like that. Is the best cameo. Really? Brian yep. Christine. He looks uh, just like Tre- Ron Heck. Tremendous cameo. It's awesome. But you can't be like, ah, oh, MCU. This is a cinema. This is Oprah. It's not storytelling. Oh, Disney Plus. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, the funny thing is, too, it's written and directed by, uh, what's his name? John Favreau, mm-hmm. the guy that's Happy Hogan in the Marvel movies. Right, right. Like, okay, you know, no, no uh, connection there. No, this is a bunch of bullshit. But I, I am, I, I, hey, like I'm gonna go see Irishman pancake movies. I have, uh, I like uh, things that run the gamut. I love, uh, I, love, <laughs> I honestly like Basket Case as much as I like Godfather Two. Does that mean I think Basket Case is a better movie than Godfather Two? Not necessarily. I'm not insane, <laughs> but yep. you can enjoy things. From all different perspectives, you don't have to be, you know, a snob and be like, "Oh, you want." You can oh, like absolutely. whatever you like. Yep, like I, I love Rage and Bull. I've watched it several times. One of my favorite movies. Mm-hmm. I've also watched The Guardians of the Galaxy several times. It's one of my it's favorite movies. Movie. Yeah, like it's, that's it's probably like, my favorite Marvel movie. Like you know, I, I don't really see the big difference between the two. 
They're yeah, both yeah, like but, very entertaining, enjoyable yeah. movies. Yeah, I don't see the difference between like really any of uh, any kind of action. Well, I don't see why the MCU movies are different than watching like uh, Raise the Lost Ark, right, Jurassic right. Park, or or uh, you know, tra- well, I think they're a lot better. But still, King I mean, the Kong same like, or something, yeah. or, you know, all this stuff. Yep. Uh, yeah, by the way, like Kong, you know, sorry. yeah. No, no, I'm sorry. I think no. I'm just a slight delay here, so I've, I've talked over people. Oh, times, okay. Don't worry. Like a half a second. I'm sorry. But uh, our buddies, over, uh, James Balsalmo mm-hmm. and Evan McGar, who uh, the promoter for um, Mad Monster, they have uh, a toy store out in L.A., Zappers, Ooh. and uh, – they actually have Dominic Pace of The Mandalorian. He's going to be there this Saturday. So nice. uh, check that out. It's in uh, Ventura Boulevard. It's in Studio City, California. So I guess not in L.A. Uh, and you can also follow them on Instagram at What's Happening. Nice. And they'll also be having uh, the Toys That Made Us premiere party tomorrow night, Friday. Oh, wow. Probably when you're, if you listen to this podcast today, uh, at Zappers. It's pretty wild. Oh, too cool. Yeah. So do they have specials for those particular episodes? Like if they have like a My Pretty Pony episode, will they have like those? Yeah, I'm not sure exactly what's going on, but uh, okay. I definitely would check it out. I'm going to go that when I'm in L.A., I'm definitely going to check out Zappers. Oh, you should. Yeah, that sounds like fun. Yeah. And uh, also InsideYourHead.club. Uh, this Friday for the pre- it's already recorded, but I couldn't put it up till this uh, till it premieres on Netflix. The toys that made us. You can listen to Brian Volk Heist, who is uh, the creator of the show, and that is on our sister channel InsideYourHead.club, where all like the non horror stuff goes on there. I look forward to that too, Neil. That sounds yeah. excellent. It is an excellent show. I really dug it. Uh, I found out Brian and I are both uh, 43, and we both love D&D and nice. play with toys. So we're very – in other words, we're really cool guys in school. Right. That's what yeah, – I know. So a lot in common. Though. Very good. Very good dude. That's awesome. So this new season is My Little, my little Pony. Uh, did I call him My Pretty Pony? You did. He did. You did. did uh, yeah. Speaking of my pretty pony, we got Craig Lindbergh on here. But uh, oh, but uh, okay. yeah. <laughs> so this season of uh, the toys that made us, it's uh, My Little Pony, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Power Rangers, and pro wrestling figures. Nice. Something near and dear to your heart. Yeah, and it's. I have to be honest. I've never been a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fan. But this possibly the best episode of the show. It's the most oh. emotional episode of the toys that made us, which proves you don't necessarily have to be a fan of the particular toy to like the episode. True, very true. Well, they had a whole episode about a Hello Kitty, and it yeah, was it was great, quite emotional, yeah. beautiful, yeah, like episode. Yeah, yeah, it was great. Yeah, I, I've watched them all. Very Excellent. good. How you doing? Me, I'm uh, I'm I'm on set. I'm outside. Oh, I've been outside for the last couple of hours. I'm trying to stay as warm as possible. Oh, <laughs> hey, yeah, it's very cold. What's the what's well? You're in New York, so it's got to be pretty cold there too. It's it's very cold here. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I would think it's probably the same. Yeah. No, it's not too bad now. It's like 40. It was 27, I think, earlier. Oh. It was out walking. Now it's now it's just it's a balmy uh, 41. It's a hot. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> it's a balmy 37 degrees. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> something like that. I know. That probably yeah. doesn't take in for the wind. Unfortunately, well, it's pretty. It's it's a still night, so that's nice. Yeah. Yeah, so before we get to, to what your topic was, uh, I want to ask Troy's opinion on this, because I saw that they're going to do a spinoff of Doctor Sleep and the Shining, well, they want to, uh, called Holleron. You know, it's about the, uh, like, I don't, is there an audience for this? Because, like, the Doctor Sleep didn't do well. No, so, I don't so think so. It was even there, number two for the week. Yeah, would there be an audience for, like, a, an even, like, more obscure character? I think they're probably pulling the plug on that, even as we speak. Yeah, that's my guess. Yeah. Um, still waiting for the make a sequel to John Carter, Warlord, Warlord of Mars. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you got all get the, the Burroughs books. You got like you know, I think he made what like twelve of those suckers. I never did watch it. I started to watch. It. I was like, well, I know it was it was this giant bomb, but. That's it. Maybe it's good, but I started watching it, and I was like, "Oh, I don't want to watch this." <laughs> yeah. It kind of, then I was like, "Oh, maybe you know." Even though this is way before he said it, but I was like, "I don't know. Maybe that Martin Scorsese is onto something. This isn't real smooth." No, it well, just wasn't. I think, well, you know, I think it's just that a, a movie, no matter who, who's in it or what it's about, oh, the yeah, characters are not intriguing. You know, you don't care about your characters. It could be anything, and you just it just doesn't bite. You know, yeah. I mean, it could be. I mean, if you know, we talk about the Fantastic Four. I mean, those characters have been around for so long, and they're enduring. You know, they've been around for so long, but the movies have tanked because you just don't really care about them. And you go in because it's a superhero movie, but you won't stay because. Because <laughs> it's, it's not character. so good. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You know, well, so, will they finally get it right this time? I'm hoping so. Well, yeah. I have faith. Well, didn't they say something that Batman's going to have six villains in it? Or they, they, oh, they, no. That never works when you start like throwing a million villains in there. Well, they never did do the Sinister Six for the Spider Mans, did they? No, they no, pulled they the plug on that it. one before, but they might this time around because you know they're they're kind of fleshing the guys out, and then you you see like you know in the in the first one there, well the most recent one, the first one, and then uh, Matt Gargan who becomes a scorpion, uh, the vulture meets him in prison. So I mean, you know they they kind of they're kind of working towards it, I think. Cool. I mean, as long as they treat them well and make them, you know, make the characters that you want to watch them, it doesn't, you know, you know what I mean? It's a move to, yeah. yeah. That was one of the highlights on the the Disney Plus when I was looking around, you know, after uh, we watched The Mandalorian and then I was checking out like the Marvel stuff they have on there and they have all kinds of the uh, animated stuff from the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. 
And um, they have the animated X-Men series from like, I think it was like 1990. It lasted like five seasons, which was my personal favorite X-Men thing. I thought it was really good. We just wrapped for the night. Oh, you're, you're a free man. I'm a free man for the night. So if you guys are still talking, by the time I get in the car, I'll call you up if you're gone. Thank you so much for the time I had with you. Uh, you know, it's been great. Not time to get warm. Yeah, we probably won't be on real late tonight because I'm getting up early to go see uh, the Irishman up in Boston. Okay, you will or you won't be? I probably won't be up. We probably won't be on real late tonight. Yeah, okay. tonight All right, I'll probably see. be a shorter one. Okay. Yeah. So what time is it now? It's like around eleven or something, ten something. Ten thirty. Ten thirty. So if you're, if you if if I still see a, a ring, uh, if you don't pick up, is that all right? Yeah, or, that works. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, maybe I'll be in like in like fifteen minutes or something like that. If it's if it comes to that, all right. All right. Sounds all right. good. Great. Right. You have thank a great you. night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Bye. So the same conjuring three. Is coming. Conjuring three. I thought there already was a third one. That's what I thought too, but I think there's so many offshoots and things. That's true. It seems like there's like twenty of them. Yeah. Yep. Huh. But also on the Disney um, Plus, they have a bunch of a uh, bunch of different Star Wars things, um, including like. Uh, the Cartoon Network ones, like the Plague, uh, not the Plague Wars, the, what do they call it? The Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. So, so far, it's pretty interesting. The only thing is, though, they, they got to get some new stuff going, because besides The Mandalorian, there wasn't really a lot of new stuff that really grabbed me yet. Yeah, I was just thinking, like... Uh... You know, I, I don't know if everyone watched a lot of that other stuff. This, I don't know. I yeah, it definitely wouldn't be like your kind of thing, I don't think. Yeah, but I do want to watch a Mandalorian. I know that I think there's like a um, an Obi-Wan Kenobi show in the works, and there's a bunch of Marvel shows in the works. Yeah, yep. And I don't know when they're starting up, but mm-hmm. hopefully soon, because I'm just hoping that, like, you know, like it's, it's still going to have enough juice after a few months when they start, you know, adding some more junk to this. Because I think the Mandalorian's like a weekly show. It'll be every Friday. Yeah. So did, do they one. only put they only put one episode up at a time? They don't put up the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. There's just That's one up there now. Movie. Yeah, I think so, too. It's weird to go back. Like, I actually kind of prefer that to watch an episode. <laughs> of it, but uh, I do see a lot of uh, people get mad about it. So I guess it is weird to go back if that's what you're used to. Yeah, if you're used to binging like 10 episodes or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I think it's kind of fun to look forward to next week. I and, agree. You know, like, agree. hey, Friday night, Yahoo, we got the Mandalorian. Yeah, because I know Peaky Blinders went up there and I loved it, but I watched it so quick and then it's over and I'm like, oh. Yeah, yep. And then you can even go back and watch like the other seasons, but still it seems to go by so fast. Yeah, yeah. So uh, here's the Marvel shows that are in the works. Uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Nice. That should be kind of fun. Which is a little weird now, now though, because the Falcon became Captain America. Right, right. Uh, WandaVision? Yeah, so that'll be uh, the Scarlet Witch and the Vision. Oh, I see. I see. That's cool. Uh, Loki? 
all I'm definitely looking forward to that. Especially just seeing Hiddleston as Loki is just one of the highlights. Yeah. What if? Now, I heard that's actually going to be animated, I think. Yeah, and it's going to have the voices from all the, um, you know, all, all the people. Even um, uh, Downey Jr. is coming back to do Iron Man for it. Oh, really? So, so it'll, uh, that should be good. Yeah. And, and the what if um, comic books were great because it was kind of like what if uh, – Peter Parker had found uh, Thor's hammer instead of being bitten by a radioactive spider or what, it, you know, like different characters doing different things. Or what, what if the thing had uh, left Reed Richards in the negative zone, you know? And so like, then he had, he and Sue storm kind of hook, hook up and you know, what happens that way and stuff, which is you know, a really cool kind of what if thing. Yeah. Uh, Hawkeye. Okay, I think it's his daughter is going to be in that one. Like, oh, okay. uh, so that might be cool. Uh, Miss Marvel, I don't know really anything about. I think that's the one. Um, oh, what's her name? Something Khan. I want to call her Kubla Khan, but it's not. Hmm. Not Chaka Khan either. But uh, she's this Indian girl that gets. Uh, and her powers are kind of wacky. She's She can stretch and stuff. She's got a little. A little yeah, bit of like uh, Reed Richards. Mm-hmm. But that might be good because it's kind of like, um, you know, be like a younger superhero because I think she's like a, a middle teenager. Mm. Uh, Moon Knight. Oh, Moon Knight's a great character. Yeah. So that, that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, that that might be a darker out. one, too. Mm-hmm. And uh, She-Hulk. Oh, I'm definitely looking forward to that. I love the She-Hulk. Yeah. And the Marvel Hero Project, which I'm not sure what that is. Hmm. Let me look that up. I think that might be like a reality kind of show. That might be on there now. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I get, apparently, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it says it's streaming now. I guess it's it's an episode a week, too. Oh, okay. The series will follow young heroes who are making remarkable positive changes across communities. It's, I guess it's like real life heroes. Oh, okay. That might be kind of cool. Yeah. So that's up yeah. there. So definitely yeah. recommend Mandalorian. I've heard, I've really seen nothing bad about the Mandalorian online. Yeah. It, it's like watching, you know, like one of the good star Wars movies, but it's 40 minutes long. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just really good. Really. Um, the special effects are dynamite. Uh, the characters were great. The cameos are brilliant because you have uh, the Brian Posehn thing and um, Nick Nolte's one of the aliens, which was really neat. Oh, really? Yeah, you can't even tell it's him. That's pretty wild. I do want to apologize. I keep forgetting to do this. I'm very sorry. But uh, by next week, we'll do we'll do this for sure. By this week, I'll get them all up there. Uh, we're gonna give out the uh, the award for uh, for best uh, costume and best. Uh, oh my god! Pumpkin. Shame on us! I keep forgetting. I'm very sorry, but uh, we do have cool prizes too. So all that information will be up on uh, the Facebook this weekend. So go and join Facebook.com/slash group/slash Without Your Head Horror. A lot of cool, uh, a lot of cool costumes and pumpkins. So I did not lose any. I have them all. But uh, we'll put them up there, and then we'll uh, we'll get together, me, Troy, and headless critic, and we'll decide on the winners. That's true. He might he might be the uh, you know the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We'll just beat his ass. <laughs> I don't know why we would do that. 
No, but you never know. It could happen. Exactly. Uh, also, check out uh, on withoutyourhead.com right now. I did this interview yesterday, and there was a, so many so many interviews. I was going to do many, and I ended up doing like 10 this week. Or about <laughs> 10, but, uh, Jason uh, Buterin. Buterin, I believe. Jason Buterin. He kind of looks like Jesus. And he made this movie, Kill Giggles, which is not about killer clowns. It's about a psychopath who kills clowns. Oh, nice. All right. I like it. Yes. And it looks great. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. It's not official. It's not out there. I also want to bring this up. Uh, you could still go and donate to uh, Hearts uh, Hearts of Darkness, which is the documentary about uh, Jason Goes to Hell. Uh-huh. And I thought this was great. Um, you, you, um, if you hate the movie, you can donate ten dollars. And if you donate the ten dollars, you can you can. Um, you could tell Adam Marcus how much you despise Jason Goes to Hell <laughs> and tell him to fuck you. And, and I kind of like that. Yeah, that is pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It is. And one of those has been claimed already. So No kidding. Yeah. That's, oh, that's great, though. Yeah. You can help it out, and, you know, it, so it doesn't matter if you like or dislike it. Your right. voice will be heard. Exactly. I, I like that. Very yeah, cool. that's good. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I do want to get up early, so is there anything you wanted to add before we go to the next guest here? I don't think so, Chief. I think um, just um, right now, the the Disney Plus, I'm really in, enjoying it, but I don't think it's going to be for everybody. So uh-huh. the people, if you're really looking forward to a lot of the new Star Wars stuff or the new Marvel stuff, you might want to wait a little while. Because if you go in right now, you'll probably watch all the stuff that you want to watch in a few weeks. Mm. You know, even watching like the cool old stuff. Yeah. So you might want to give it a little while before you jump on, you know, just so that they have some stuff stocked up and ready to roll. Right. Right. Because I think that was my only beef with it right now is like, they could have some more uh, programs on there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, anybody out there wants to get me a gift, or if you want something yourself too, I guess, but middleofbeyond.com. I love their sweaters. They're fantastic. They finally put out new ones, including three new cardigans, and I love them. So there's Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Ugly Christmas Sweater, and a Matric Cardigan. Also the Twilight Zone. And two versions of the Planet of the Apes, and they're amazing. Look at those. Pretty sweet, Troy. So get them and send them to you, is what you were saying. Exactly, exactly. From what I understand, I do have a a Twilight Zone one coming, so don't give me Twilight Zone, but I don't have either of the Planet of the Apes or the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I would like a large. They're a little on the expensive side, but they are high quality. So, uh, yeah, I would accept them. They also have matching scars if you're really, like, feeling uh, generous. Send them to me. Hell, what do you got to lose besides some money? Yeah, but I think you're worth it. So, thank you. I think that's a good thing. Appreciate that. But so we always run into that. What do you get the man that has everything? 
Well, there you go. get them these friggin' crazy sweaters. Exactly. And uh, and uh, and uh, from when, uh, hopefully I'll be getting a uh, Santa will bring me a sewing machine because my plans are in 2020 to start making my own Hawaiian shirts, not to sell for people to, but for me to wear. So yeah, be, like, that's badass. That's a nasty, I think that's awesome. one of a kind. Yeah, very cool. And like so I said, not- Neil, one of my favorite shows on TV, award-winning show, is uh, RuPaul's Drag Race. And that's one of those things. It's kind of like if you go on Ramsey's show, you know, you better be able to make some risotto and you better be able to, like, you know, make up a scallop. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, on RuPaul, you better be able to sew. Because mm-hmm. some of the things that happen, you know, like our sewing challenges, making your own, like, uh, you know, fashions and things. So you could, if you ever decide to become a drag queen, you could be like mm-hmm. the only straight drag queen. I like it. Could it. be your own yeah. little niche, man. Mm-hmm. Interesting. It's joining us here next week, Nathan Basil, who played Leslie Vernon in Behind the Mask, The Rise of Leslie Vernon. Oh, very nice. I really dug that movie. I did too. I was very, very uh, looking forward to talking with him. Uh, that'll be our last live show for a little while because I'm going to be going to Chicago. Well, that's right. And I think we have uh, Thanksgiving the week after next. Right. I'll actually be in Chicago with Chi-Town Matt for Thanksgiving. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. We could do a Chicago Thanksgiving. You can see how, how they, uh, yeah, how they party wonder- down for Thanksgiving. Yeah, I, th- I think Matt's going to like barbecue a turkey. Oh, nice. Oh, that sounds like fun. That yeah. should be a good time then. Yeah. So when I come back from from Chicago, I'm have to be a really good boy, I think. And I well, plus I'm going to be hitting. I have to hit the gym every morning. Chicago food is pretty good. Oh yeah, that's right. That's, yeah. Sometimes the big boys like the Chicago stuff. Yeah. So in the coming like couple months here until 2020, there will there won't be a ton of shows because then I'll also be in. I'll be in. Um, in L.A. for two weeks to film a movie. Oh, wow. Well, that's exciting times, though, Chief. That'll oh, yeah. Be, that'll be good. Yeah. But we'll be around. We'll be oh, around. yeah. You still find out what's what we're up to, what's going on, what we got for Christmas. Exactly. Exactly. So we're going to get to Jonathan Miller. He's a uh, longtime film distributor, curator, and the creator of Ovid.tv. Uh, a really cool new streaming site that uh, has a lot of weird movies you're not going to see on the other streaming sites. And it's really a lot of documentaries and uh, features and shorts. But they're a lot. When you say independence, very broad term. But this is really more art house stuff and some foreign stuff and stuff you're not going to see uh, in other places. I'm kind of kind of intrigued by that. Yeah, there's a ton of stuff I want to check out, even some horror movies. And uh, probably in the coming months. We're going to have some people, uh, film- filmmakers, that are have stuff on Ovid TV, both here and Without Your Head and on Inside Your Head. Oh, very good. Yeah. All right, I look forward to that, Chief. Very cool. All right, so we're going to get to that, and then we're going to get out of here. But it's been a great time talking with you, Troy, and all our very cool guests. Oh, always a pleasure, my friend. Nice. And uh, all the guests have been great, and look forward to the next one. All right, very good. I'll see you soon. All right, good night. Good night.
This is Kevin Van Hensenrick, and you're listening to WithoutYourHead.com. And if you lift the lid of the basket, you die. Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neal, and I'm joined by Jonathan Miller of Ovid.tv. It's very cool to have you here. Thank you. Uh, it's cool to be here. We generally say Ovid, though. It's a subject Ovid. Subject of much debate. All right. I'll edit that so I look smart. <laughs> That's up to you. <laughs> I'll just say it. it'll be funny. But so, what is the origin of Ovid? The name itself. Uh, well, the name he was a uh, ancient Roman poet mm. who uh, wrote a his most famous and influential over several millennium book is called Metamorphoses. So, so uh, why did you pick that name for the for the site for the streaming site? And also, what is Ovid.tv? Well, we picked it because um, it's a good name. It's short. It mm-hmm. uh, starts with a vowel. It has some resonance for those who do know who he is. Uh, it has some uh, substance we can dig into in terms of pithy quotes we might use. We have one on our homepage right now. Um, um, it has the letters VID in there for video. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. It just sounded good. It, it was it the best we good. could come up with. Yeah. Uh, what is it? Mm-hmm. It's a, a subscription streaming site made up, which is... Um, makes available primarily independent films and films from uh, smaller and alternative distribution companies. Uh, 98.5% of the films Netflix and Hulu would never touch, uh, or they certainly did not, would not renew any licenses for them. Mm-hmm. So almost all the films are only available on Ovid. There's both feature fiction films and uh, documentaries, lots on internet, lots, hundred, a lot of documentaries. And we just added uh, this week a whole collection of animated short films. Um, basically, it was set up with the support of eight distribution companies, uh, all of whom were realized we were facing the same situation in the in the film markets uh, mm-hmm. namely we couldn't sell our films to uh, Netflix or Hulu anymore and uh, there was no viable market for there is no viable market for um, alternative international foreign language uh, uh, films mm-hmm. basically <laughs> yeah yeah it's a platform for them. so we it's decided whole... we had to create our own market basically mm-hmm. last year we came, i came to the conclusion we have to make it if we're, if we're going to have it if there's going to be a, a reasonable sustainable interesting uh platform uh for the films i'm interested in and the films the other companies uh we work with are interested in we have to make it ourselves and so that's what we decided to do. Yeah. 
What's your background in uh, in the film world? Uh, how far back do you want to go in the background? I went to NYU. I studied filmmaking. I made a film I, that was in the uh, many years ago. Uh, I've worked in distribution my entire adult life, as well as producing documentaries. Um, Icarus Films has been going for 41 years now, and I've been doing this the whole time. Yeah. So, so oh, my background is film distribution, basically. Mm-hmm. Over those four, yeah. Sorry, over those four decades, over forty years, uh, you know, from I guess forty years, it wasn't even home video or anything. But rise no. from the uh, theaters to to VHS, the DVD, and Blu-ray, and now the streaming sites. Uh, you know, to keep up with all of that, you, I would assume you have to stay, you know, in touch of 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 the changes in the industry. Uh, so how has independent film changed over those 40 years? Oh, I'm not necessarily the right person to answer that. <laughs> uh, well, it's become less independent. Uh, it's become more of a business. Uh, it's less unusual. You know, there's so much that gets included under that rubric every year at Sundance that, you know, what, what does it mean anymore? Right. Um, um, That's interesting you say that because, you know, I do a lot of film festivals, and when I interview, uh, you know, uh, independent filmmakers, some of them, you know, literally made stuff for like $1,000. And then, you know, I interview some people, and, like, they'll say, it was like, wow, this looks really great for an independent budget. And they say, well, like, you know, it costs like $10 million or something. And I was just right. like, well, exactly. it's really a very broad, you know, term, right. independent right. film. Exactly. Right. Right. So, you know, what does it mean, you know, uh, what does it mean? And, and also, there's the, apart from the financial changes, well, I'll give you an example. Sundance uh, Channel, which was sort of like a spinoff from the film festival when it first started, uh, when they started, they were licensing independent films from all sorts of people. Uh, a lot of international documentaries as well as American feature films and American documentaries. They were very open, very filmmaker-friendly, very distributor-friendly, very broad and uh, uh, receptive uh, programmers. And uh, and we used to sell them a lot of films. And... um, as did other similar companies, and and uh, as it developed over the years and got became more successful, they started um, doing exactly what Netflix has done: is producing their own content, being clear about what they want commercially, uh, uh, taking fewer risks in what they bought in, having clearer parameters of what you know, more restricted parameters of what they wanted. And now they don't buy any independent film, any documentaries. Mm-hmm. They're much more successful, probably financially. I don't know, but uh, but uh, so they had an evolution from openness to being uh, more uh, closed as they became more successful, which is exactly what Netflix has done, happened with Netflix. Obviously, mm-hmm. Netflix at one point had a library you could you could. Uh, 
get a DVD from them and watch. They had over 100,000 titles mm-hmm. at their peak. And now I don't know what the number is, 5,000 or something? Uh, and 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 uh, mostly television programs. Mm-hmm. So you know how many great feature films can you get from streaming on Netflix anymore? And I don't mean to just beat up on them. I think that tra- trajectory is um, um, sort of baked into the system. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I mean, you know, I was getting Netflix when it first started with the with the DVDs in the mail and. You know, I like right. a lot of weirder, weirder movies. Uh, I know it's a horror movie show, but I also I just like movies in general. And right, uh, right. over the years, though, you really have to go to like some of the other streaming sites to find something that like that I would really be interested in. Like if I want right, to watch right. a lot of the the weirder horror movies, uh, I get Shutter, you know, because they'll pop up right. there. And, and oh, I'm really interested in a lot of stuff right. on Ovid. Not just because you're here, yeah. but it is stuff that I'm interested in. Right. Well, it's you know, weird's a good word. You know, Netflix is not interested in any weird <laughs> weirdness, right? Right. In any genre, they'd be interested in documentaries. They'll tell you they're interested in documentaries, and they're interested in feature independent feature films. They'll say and independent and in, you know quirky television shows, but but weird, I don't think is what is within their keyword list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? Right? Yeah, I agree hundred percent. So, like, what movies interest you to to distribute? Like, how do you find them? Did you go to the festivals, or do they or people come to you? Well, both. I I am going to a film festival next week. I'm going to Amsterdam. There's a the largest documentary film festival in the world it takes place in Amsterdam every November. Uh, so I always go to that. Uh, I go to Toronto. Um, I go to, uh, there's a festival in Sheffield in England I go to usually. Um, and then, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of sales agents and producers know about us, so they approach us with films all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's true of the other, you know, I'm talking now about my particular company, Icarus Films, but, yeah. you know, the other companies who we work with and who have their films on Ovid do similar things, but they all have slightly different interests. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it, it's, it's a, uh, a, uh, what would you call it? Uh, a range of types of films that get picked up and put on the platform. But yes, it, in most cases, the people who are, who I work with and who are acquiring films that you might find on the platform, it's a combination of going to different festivals and some of them go to ones I don't go to and vice versa. Yeah. Uh, and of people who contact us, all of us all the time. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many people and producers and the internet, so everybody all over the world can find out about you. So yes, mm-hmm. we I guess uh, for, for, uh, for filmmakers listening, which a lot of them do listen, uh, how would they call if they had something they thought would be good for Ovid, how would they contact them? Well, at this point, Ovid is not uh, picking up films from individual people, you know, one film uh-huh. at a time from individual yeah. people. So they contact so, one of the distribution companies. Right. So um, there's are uh, about 12 or so companies that we're working with so far, uh, distribution companies. Mm-hmm. And uh, if, I mean, if that, 
I'm not sure Ovid should be one's <laughs> goal yet, mm-hmm. uh, per se, but if, if you are interested in having a film on Ovid, it, yes, you would need to talk to one of the distribution companies that are participating. Yeah. You mentioned... Uh, sh- At this point, we don't have a big enough infrastructure in Ovid mm-hmm. to be able to have somebody address individual uh, films. Yeah. You mentioned uh, you just had a lot of short um, animation on there. And yes. since I've been doing the uh, festivals this the last few years, I've noticed a really rise in popularity in shorts. I think a lot of it is the festivals, and maybe they're uh, yeah. Yeah. easier to not necessarily easier, but quicker to make. Um, so will that be something that you'll have, not just the the short animations, but have shorts on, on Ovid? Oh, well, we also do have short short film films. Now, they're uh-huh. not... Now, the live-action short films that we have so far um, are not, like, really, really short, right? They're not, like, three minutes. Right. Uh, uh, where some of the animation is, right? So, mm-hmm. um, the, the short um, live-action films that we have are probably between... 15 and and 30 minutes mm-hmm. that would be generally what we would that we what we have listed under short films yeah for the live action mm-hmm. uh, and we do have a fair number of those mm-hmm. yeah it's good because i know uh just a few years ago <clears throat> usually after like the festival run like there would be no home for a short film like unless yeah. someone just wanted to put on YouTube or something, but uh, right. there are some platforms now that uh, you know that that will carry uh, short films. Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, w- I always stayed away from distributing short films because I couldn't figure out what to do with them. Right. But but there are people who do who who now know what to do with them. <laughs> yeah. So that's yes, that's correct. I think yeah. that's correct. Yeah. But so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. In the seventies, how did you get involved in distributing films, and, and like, what were some of the stuff you, you, you know, you were interested in putting out? Um, well, how did I get involved? I I uh, knew uh, the person who was and still is the editor of Cineast Magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, he also had a job at a distribution company that. Um, stopped existing in the 80s, but at the time he was working at this company. And I was a student, and he gave me a part-time job like stuffing envelopes. Um, And so I would do that after school some days. And then uh, at a certain point, I got a full-time job at the same company. And um, two years later, a friend of mine from college and, and I, we he started Icarus Films, and I went to work with him. Um, and uh, I was making a film. I mentioned I was making a film, and that mm-hmm. film took four and a half years to make. Uh, we were talking about how low the independent film budgets were, yeah. and we made it with our own money over four and a half years, and, and it was so exhausting. I just kept working on the distribution the whole time. And when it was over, I just didn't want to think about making another film for a while so I just uh, burrowed into the distribution world 
And yeah, when we started, it was all uh, 16 millimeter and 35 millimeter film prints. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was only uh, a few years later when we started getting VHS and Betamax tapes. Um, and and uh, but yeah, so I, I, in terms of the films, I mean, I was always interested in, um, you want my personal? I was, well, I, always interested I, in, yeah. I, I was always interested in Latin American. I don't know why I was always in, I was always interested in Latin American uh, films and documentaries. And uh, so, so, for instance, the company I was working, I went to work for at the time, was the company that first released in the United States the Battle of Chile, which I'm still distributing uh, today. So, um, what was the uh, What was your movie that you made? Oh, this will really. Uh, it's called "Tighten Your Belts, Bite the Bullet," and uh, it was about. It is about the uh, fiscal crisis in New York City. Uh, in 1975 when the city went bankrupt. And there was one of the all-time most famous uh, newspaper headlines mm-hmm. at the time called, uh, which was Ford to City Drop Dead. don't know if you've ever seen that. but um, So this was an investigation into city politics and economics and what the trends were in the United States in the 70s and... Um, early 80s with uh, cities um, cutting back on social services and the industry beginning to leave. That was like when the first, you know, wave of factories leaving the cities and going to wherever was happening. And uh, so we we made a film about that. And uh, uh, by the time it came out, so it was in the New York Film Festival in 1981. Mm-hmm. And it did fairly well at the time. But it's pretty f- uh, focused on a particular time period, right? And right. now, one would say, yeah, yeah. So, what are some of the titles on Ovid right now? That uh, obviously you can't pick favorites, but what are some of the ones that you'd be excited for people to check out? Um, well, you mentioned a particular interest in horror. We have, and you know, three um, particularly notable ones: Alina. Mm-hmm. Uh, Creepy, which is a crazy Japanese film, and Trouble Every Day by Claire Denise. Um, and then we have, um, uh, recently we just added uh, several films from Grasshopper Film, which are more um, sort of, I don't know whether people use this term anymore, avant-garde sort of art cinema. Yeah. Uh, one is called the Academy of Muses, which is one of our more popular films at the moment. And another is Casa de Lava, a Brazilian film. Um, in documentaries, the most popular film right now is a film about Donna Haraway, um, who wrote the Cyborg Manifesto. Mm-hmm. Um, so th- those are the... I was just looking at the usage, usage statistics this morning, and those are... Those are the top ones. Yeah. <clears throat> For uh, uh, you mentioned festivals a few times. What do you think some of the benefits are of uh, 
of people you know, having them. Yeah, film festivals. The benefit for whom? The filmmakers? Well, yeah, for a filmmaker. Well, for the filmmakers, for a lot of films, it's the uh, feature-length films, it's the main way that they find an audience. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's a film which gets A, to find a distributor if they want it to be released by a commercial film distribution company, there are certain festivals which are sort of crucial for that. And then um, B, if they want to establish a sort of uh, presence for their film uh, in the conversation, uh, so there might be some demand and interest for it outside the festivals, and then see if their film, which may not get a distributor or you know, uh, may not travel extremely well, they're, they're the main audiences which you can get for your film. So festivals serve a number of purposes for filmmakers, um, as they do for t- distributors and buyers, um, mm. uh, based, which are sort of uh, driven by the, you know, how good the film is and what the subject is and, and uh, how broad its appeal is. So, yeah. Uh, the way the industry works now, well, that's one another difference between now and the 70s. In the 70s, there were very, very few festivals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they didn't play the same role uh, as of a market the way they do now. Mm-hmm. You know, most festivals pay rental fees for films, so um, it's a big uh, component of the sort of alternative film distribution um, market is actually getting the films booked in, in, in regional festivals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that did not exist so much in this, that did not exist in the seventies. <clears throat> yeah. I've no, yeah. I've noticed this, um, cause I do Boston underground film festival every year and, yeah. uh, it's definitely, you know, a, um, a community aspect to it where, you know, a lot of people right. come every right. year. And uh, it's also good to see you know, people really support each other. And there's a lot of networking, uh, right? You know, people then work on each other's projects, right? And there's like uh, probably five festivals in Boston like that, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah, different sort of uh, target audiences, different segments, you know. Um, and so, so now you know, now there's a little opportunity to, to A, have the film shown, B, meet people, and C, the distributors and the filmmakers get a little bit of money back. Mm-hmm. And that, that, that's new. That, that's the last 20 years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tomorrow I'm going to a film festival, the International Pancake Film Festival in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, now that didn't exist either. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, now we're getting I've... really niche. Exactly. I was. I saw the ad for it at the Brattle Theater, and I was just like, "This is so bizarre. I have to go." And I was like, "Well, yeah. hopefully it's not like four days. Nothing against pancake movies, but I don't four know if I can sit for four days." Film? But no, it's three hours. So I was like, oh, "Okay, I, I could. Oh. I could do three hours." <laughs> right. I would be interested to know if someone could get four days worth of pancake. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Especially every year. It's apparently it happens every year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Let's they just show the yeah, same how ones do you, every how do you year. Do, how do you do the second annual pancake festival? <laughs> right, right. Exactly. <laughs> so I'm very confused, but I'm excited. At the same <laughs> so what What was like the, is there one particular movie that got you into like, into wanting to make movies and, you know, just interested in movies? Yeah. Um, 
one particular movie. Um, well, probably Battle of Algiers, mm. which I saw when I was in high school. But I was interested in film and and in photography pretty early on. I so I'm not I'm not sure that film would account for my original. I mean, mm-hmm. I think I just grew up being interested in films and TV. Yeah, That's what I did growing up. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so you know, I had a super or an eight millimeter camera, and I made little eight millimeter films while I was in high school. And um, uh, and I got I worked in a camera store for two years because while I was in high school because that was like as close as I could figure out how to get to the film world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I I don't know I was always sort of fooling around with it uh, when I was young. But the first film I remember seeing that had a big impact on me um, was Battle of Algiers. Do you know what it was about it? Oh. Uh, well, the drama, the way, you know, how well it was made, how realistic it is. It seems like a documentary to a lot of people. It probably did to me at the time. I mean, I don't think I thought it was a documentary, but it's very sort of, uh, realistic in its, uh, you know, and, uh, the politics of it and, uh, uh, you know, uh, heroic, uh, Coda with the triumph of the revolution against all odds, and you know it's a it's a very powerful film, mm-hmm. and it shows so, uh, something that was possible to do with film, which you know one did not see anywhere else at the time, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the Battle of Algiers was not playing on television, mm-hmm. and uh, maybe it played it. Maybe I'm sure it did play at the Brattle, actually. When, when it came out, yeah. but uh, it wasn't something I had ever seen before like that, mm-hmm. uh, and so that's—I'm sure that's why it uh, had such a big impact. Yeah, yeah. I go to the Brattle, and uh, I don't know if you know if you're familiar with the Coolidge uh, Theater. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's another yeah. Coolidge Corner. So, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, those... yeah. I go to a lot of the midnight movies, and uh, but tomorrow I'm going to go. Actually, it's a weird combination because I'm going to go see. The Irishman at the Coolidge, and then oh, I'm gonna I got go a ticket for that tonight. Festival. Oh, excellent! Yeah. I, I can't wait. And what were you gonna say? And then the Pancake Festival at night. Oh, it's a very, <laughs> very bizarre double feature. Marty <laughs> Scorsese would probably say that's not cinema either. <laughs> right, right. You do a little <laughs> yeah. That's but, cool. Uh, yeah, and I think Brado that... was there because I I grew up outside Boston and I worked. When I worked in the camera store, it was in Harvard Square. So, oh, nice! I was just yeah, I was just there. Uh, oddly enough, they took my picture, and it's on some website for for some reason. Oh, but cool. yeah, not Harvard. Yeah, and um, at at Buff a couple of years ago, they let me do a bunch of interviews at the uh, Harvard Film Institute. And everyone was asking me if I worked there. I was like, no, they just let they just set me up a little office to do interviews. But it was, it was a very cool time. That's good. Yeah, yeah. They show our films sometimes. It, Icarus films films sometimes, yeah. 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 And I always tell people, you know, you know, I'm lucky to have a you know a couple theaters like that. But people should look in their area, you know, there's those type of theaters, you know, in a lot of places. And yeah. kinda 
you mentioned the Scorsese talk, you know, and a lot of people talk about, you know, they only show Marvel movies, but, but that's not true. I mean, I go see all kinds of movies. Every right. You just, you might have to seek them out, but for those right. to play, you have to actually go, go and see them. If more right. people go and see them, you know, they're well, more likely the to play. Those is, that's the key is the audience. You know, if people want it, they got to support it. Mm-hmm. Right. If you complain about the movies, well, are you patronizing the alternative movies? Mm-hmm. The weird movies, right? There are about 150 or 200, maybe uh, maybe a few more independent alternative movie theaters like those in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And even the, um, they don't show like a ton of independent movies, but even the, the bigger ones in Boston do show some, some independent movies, even like the AMC I go to. And since it's next to, to Chinatown, they also show a lot of, you know, Asian movies and stuff. So, you know, Mm. Stuff for playing out there, right? I I go to a lot of stuff. I'm usually meeting like maybe five other people, but uh, which you know, <laughs> I just you know, people should you know seek it out and then find stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Ovid.tv, and uh, I am going to be checking some stuff out. I'm very interested. Good. A lot of cool stuff. Well, we're adding films all the time. We just hit uh, 619 films. Uh, oh, nice online and uh and tomorrow actually uh we're premiering and we're the exclusive uh, streaming platform for a film that got played pretty widely uh this year called Jay Myself from Oscilloscope. It's a pretty cool film. So oh nice. That that will be online tomorrow. Awesome. Very cool. And so uh for people who uh are curious, you can start a seven day trial at Ovid.tv and then if you dig it, it's only six ninety nine a month or seventy bucks for the year. Get a couple months free. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate coming on. I appreciate talking to you. It was fun. Yeah, I had a good time, and I will let you know how the pancake festival goes. Definitely. All right. <laughs> Put some pictures on Facebook. I will. I will indeed. Or Instagram. <laughs> right. Okay. Thank you. Cool. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You too. Thanks. Bye.